Hello, and welcome to episode 126 of Flicks in a Six. I'm one of your hosts, Anthony Costanzo, with me, forever and always, the man, the myth, the breath of fresh ass, Alessandro Bielsi. Say hello, Al. I'm so mad at you, and you're about to find out why. This show is a breath of fresh ass in these troubled times. Ah, there it is. (laughs) (laughs) Also joining us this week for his long-anticipated return, clown shoes himself, Brian Rooney. Say hello, Brian. Back by unpopular demand. Hello. (laughs) Unpopular (laughs) demand. I like that. (laughs) On this mediocre at best podcast. On this week's episode, (laughs) Disney copes with halted releases, devs comes to a close, and other ramblings, probably some game stuff since we have Brian on deck. All before diving into our flick of the week, Wild Wild West. But first, Al, what are you and I drinking? Sorry, Debs, I don't recognize that name. Oh, well, it's, I mean, spoilers. <laughs> I didn't say anything. Just a little hint, a little tease. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, we're drinking a little of Austria, a lot of Vermont. Oh, wait, sorry. It's the Von Trapp Brewing Pilsner Lager. Quote, a little of Austria, a lot of Vermont. <laughs> um, this is brewed on the grounds of the Trap Family Lodge in Stowe, Vermont. This lager is crafted with the finest traditional ingredients and our pure Vermont spring water. There's something to that because there's a lot of people who've tried to clone the Alchemist Heady Topper, which obviously legendary beer. I believe we've done it on the show. I think we've done that and Focal yeah. Banger. I know we did Focal yep. Banger because one of our episodes is titled We Get Focal Banged to Annihilation. Um, yep. <laughs> but <What>? while <laughs> I think people have gotten a pretty good handle on the grain bill of cloning that beer and the hop schedule is incredibly complicated, both in the amount of hops, the different types of hops and when they're supposed to go. But one of the biggest factors is recreating the specific water used to make heady topper, because for IPAs, that can be very uh, very important is to get the water chemistry right. Uh, so there must mm. be something to it with like the water in Stowe. There's a bunch of breweries in and around Stowe. Von Trapp's one of them. Alchemist is another one. I th- I'm pretty sure there's a couple other ones. <clears throat> um, it also says about this beer, a smooth, crisp Bohemian Pilsner with a harmonious blend of Pearl and Saz hops by the family that inspired The Sound of Music. Did we have something from them before? We've done one other Von Trapp beers from when I was up in right. Stowe. I brought one back. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I vaguely remember that being good. I also remember, I remember that little label at the bottom by the family that inspired The Sound of Music. Yeah, and uh, the, lo- the logo is pretty recognizable, too, with the mountain yeah. with the huge, huge horns on it. <laughs> Enormous. There you go, Brian. This is for you, since you can't see this, unfortunately. Uh, <laughs> due to... Uh, our inability to share beers with Brian. He's not going to have what we have. But well, also due to the lack of communication, even letting me attempt to find the beer. Liquor stores there was there was no way you were going to find this. Hey, just <laughs> be glad that you were able to s- essential. I was going to say, just be glad that you were able to see it because like five minutes ago, there was apparently copyright infringement laws going on in my camera <laughs> and I couldn't show the beer to him. So <laughs> I do wish it started doing some like weird things like blurring your beard. Or just like <laughs> that reminds me of um, in, uh, in there was an episode of Family Guy where Peter creates PTV, the his own cable network that does not comply mm. with FCC laws, I and they do a this. whole big song and dance. Of course, in, of course, <laughs> you know the freaking FCC, and then he gets out of the shower, and the FCC is just in his bathroom, and they're censoring. They're putting they're putting actual physical censor bars over his like junk. 
and one of the guys asks the boss, should we censor his chin? It looks like balls. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. That show. Bri, what do you got? What are you drinking? Well, like I said, you guys didn't even tell me what to get, so. Right. I mean, you have a Pilsner. I also have a Pilsner. Mm, um, all right. Yeah, you know, brewed in Milwaukee. Mm-hmm. Oh, boy. Exp- expiration date, <laughs> February 17th, 2020. And okay. that's Miller nice. <laughs> I was going to say, what is it? Uh, Milwaukee's best or... Uh, <laughs> Amazing. M- MGD, champagne of beers. And expired so, Yeah, Miller. I figure since it's expired, it should have more of a kick than... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's not how beer works, but... Awesome. Well, shall yeah, we all give our lovely beers a taste? Let's let's <laughs> let's do this. Cheers. Cheers. Well, it certainly smells like a Pilsner. Oh, I like that. Doesn't taste a day past its expiration. I will. <laughs> That's because it's just chemicals. Oh, yes, I know you can tell the difference between the freshness of that beer before and after dates. <laughs> Is there a difference? Let's be. Real. I want a. I want a pretzel. I want a bratwurst. I want all of those delicious things that go perfect with this. Beer cheese? Need some beer cheese? Beer cheese, some yeah. Spicy definitely. mustard? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Maybe a pickle? What else you got? Pickle? Always. Always. Keep uh, going. I like I like the bratwurst. You get some french fries. All right. All french right. fries little, is, little, is fine. A little spetzel? Spetzel? Spe- I'll take some spetzel. Yeah. Are you just saying yeah. random words now? Schnitzel? <laughs> well, German, <laughs> German words. We're, we're talking about going to a fucking, what's it called? <laughs> Um, Lederhosen? Yes, Lederhosen. Oh, this is actually, this is very good. Um, Definitely, definitely could drink more of these. Oh, yeah, yeah, mm, I agree. Thanks for including me. Wow. I'm sorry, Brian. (laughs) I have such a backlog of beers to bring to you, Anthony, because I have made repeated purchases from Newberg, um, including this glass that I just showed you. Wait, did you ever see the glass? Because that also was copyrighted. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I did. Yeah. I did. We, we got um, it eventually. Yeah, um, it's brewed with heart because it's uh, it's Newberg Brewing. Uh, they're doing a great job. They have been for weeks now. They've been delivering in a 22-mile radius um, to anyone who ordered. They, so specific. I know. They expand. Well, because they're like literally just having employees load up their cars to keep them employed, you know what I mean? And people are buying it mm-hmm. up, and I've been trying to do my little part because I love them. They're great. They're great in the community. <laughs> trying to do my part. <laughs> well, they're trying to do my part of consuming beer and also, um, you know, sending somebody their way because I love those guys. They're really nice. I know the people who own it. Um, mm-hmm. They do a great job in the community. They they run all sorts of different charity stuff during throughout the That's year great. for, like, local stuff. They're, they have a big local presence. They help, you know promote other local businesses in Newburgh as Newburgh's going through something of a small, slow revitalization um, process right now. Um, but they just announced <laughs> so, the other day. Sorry, sorry. Brian just took a sip of, I believe, scotch <laughs> to wash down the Miller while hey, you were I got some, that I got some rye whiskey that's coming around after the beer, not, not to wash it down. Um, but uh, anyway, the other day, Newburgh announced that they came to some sort of agreement with, I think, UPS, where they can now ship statewide. All of, every corner of New York, Newburgh Brewery. Really? Yes. Interesting. Um, which is really cool, but they're still doing the local thing, too, which is good. It seems like also- UPS is not the group that they needed to get on board with that so much as it was 
the state government. No, but if it's, it's allowed, fine. it's allowed. It's fine. Intrastate, <laughs> it's an issue federally to go cross state lines. You have mm. to have specific licensing to do stuff like that, which typically, I think that okay. actually is really just a lobbying issue for yeah. certain industry. I, I ran into that problem. Um, when I was in Wisconsin, <laughs> I tried to ship back New Glarus, and I didn't know that was a, a thing you can't do. Yeah, it's a, <laughs> well, it's especially true of Wisconsin because they don't want any of their good beer. You can only get the Miller. Uh, they don't want any of their good beer leaving the state lines. Um, so, yeah, New Glarus specifically doesn't want their stuff leaving the state. Um, yeah, you can't even hmm. get that. Like um, th- Minnesota, Wisconsin is like, like you could walk to them at some point. So you can't. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Oh, weird. Yes. The only reason I've ever had a couple of New Glarus is because someone who I know who was living in Illinois was able to secure some from across the border and then bring it back. Um, I don't believe it was done illegally. <laughs> no, no, it was. We've it was resorted all, to it, beer it, smuggling. Well, it sounds illegal when you're like across the border, <laughs> right? Yeah. Bootleggers uh, in in the 21st century. <laughs> uh, anyway, my closing note on Newberg is they also extended to selling like apparel and their glasses and empanadas, which were <laughs> delicious. Uh, they actually Amazing. had great food there. Um, I will take one pallet. Of your finest, boss. <laughs> well, they just released three glasses it. and two empanadas, please. They just re- they just released a new collaboration, boss. It's with Rushing Duck, which is also near me. Um, I didn't order one of those yet. That'll be in my next Newberg shipment. So nice, nice. I um, I know you you keep you're building up stock for us, which is great, so that we have we have something to to pull on when we run out of the top shelf of my fridge. Here. Yeah, I don't, I don't know I will say that, get that to you because I don't know when I'm going to see you in this time of quarantine. Yeah, we'll figure it out. But I have been putting you. beer on this. <laughs> so very specific. I was <laughs> I was putting beer on that top shelf, you know, aside with the ones that you've given me. Uh, every time I was getting a pack, I was putting two there so that I would have one and you would have one when we do the show. Uh, and then I Thanks, finished man. the other four. <laughs> And then I, <laughs> that I would finish the other four and then drink the two that I put on the top shelf. Because realistically, I knew you would have beer for me. So it's really not that big of a deal if I don't give you any. <laughs> I mean, I would certainly appreciate it being, you know, if not 50-50, you know, 90-10. <laughs> But uh, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll get Brian. It. We'll, I'll try. We'll, and, we'll get back to it. I was, uh, I was gonna say, Brian. I'll try and grab three <laughs> Newbergs so that you can have one for your next return appearance. <laughs> what's what's sort of beer you have, like, Brian? Thank you. Um, I like stouts and um, porters. Like I like the heavier beers. Okay. Okay. They do. Ooh, I could get three bottles of the Newberg Conspiracy Russian Imperial Stout. Yes. Oh, I was so mad. They because the the first part of the delivery system like took off like they started bringing out not just like the stuff that they can sell regularly they opened up their stocks of like bottles and they mm. they put up for sale some of the the Jessica the sour cherry <gasps> it sold out in like minutes i, I mean that so makes mad. sense also we've all we've changed the name it's been legally changed it's the sour jessica porter get it oh, right oh that's right <laughs> <laughs> Well, the fact that that opportunity it. was missed is a strike against them. <laughs> <laughs> I'll have to. I'll have to send. Them I up. thought that was the name. That's the best part of it. I, I, I wasn't being silly. Like that. <laughs> see if they can rename it. <laughs> it's one of those times you just stumble into gold. 
Yeah, seriously. Uh, man, I'm I'm a big fan of this. Uh, I'm already halfway done with it. It's re- I'm really enjoying it. It's very, very easy drinking. And I know that's kind of the point of being a Pilsner. But, you know, sometimes I find Pilsners have that weird aftertaste that just like just flattens out your entire palate. Um, hmm. This doesn't have the same level of that. So I think I'm immediately ready to bring it back to take another sip. This doesn't have the mouthful of pennies. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah that, that could be a thing. Um, as long as we're on beer, because this is the longest we talk about beer in a while. Yeah. Bottled up, bottled up the uh, the newest Al's Ale this weekend. It's nice. A strong Belgian golden ale. It's going to be about eight and a half or so percent alcohol. Um, it's already delightful. I tried a little bit while I was bottling it up. It's flat and warm, and it hasn't matured fully, but still. Al's Golden Monkey. <laughs> we do we do love our victory golden monkey here um and yes that um that that one's weird because i think it, that's technically a triple but it kind of walks the line between the two styles and and they are kind of cousins so um hmm. i i do very much enjoy that style uh, i always like captain more captain lawrence liquid gold is a good example of it mm-hmm. Brian, have you had uh-huh. either of those no no, but <laughs> when he said golden monkey, I almost was going to interject a red barracudas. I'm like, no, wait, it was nice. golden monkey, I think. It wasn't gold. And then I was just replaying Legends of the Hidden Temple in my head. So nice. I nice. kind of zoned out a little bit. Was the three-part monkey that needs to be put together gold? Or was that silver? I feel like that had to be gold. I think it was gold. I think it was gold. It, it's got to be. Yeah, who yeah. wants to put together a silver monkey? Right, That's that's where the problem is. Uh, you know what's funny? I, I was just thinking about this. Brian Brian used to drink like bad scotch. Uh, like when, I don't know, we were, I feel like 14. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I, I'm exaggerating. <laughs> Who amongst us has not drank scotch out of a plastic no, bottle? No, no, but like there was a point where like where Brian would like, I feel like borderline, maybe he has pulled out a flask like when we were younger. Like it just he would have he would drink at random times. He's he's definitely he definitely drank at work. Uh, wow! Uh, wow! Way to sell me out. <laughs> For clarification: it's, This is not it's current fun. work. No, no, no! It's not current work. Uh, or it was. It? It, <laughs> but you went. I feel like you went from that to it was like to nothing. Then you stopped. Like you just like didn't drink anything. And now I feel like now you're like just very you moderately drink. Um. Yeah, I don't really drink any beer for the most part, unless there's like company around, because they can just keep drinking beers and go. Um, Mm -hmm. I buy scotch. I don't, I randomly drink it, but not frequently at all. But did you ever like it though, or were you just drinking it to drink it? (laughs) In the beginning, no one likes it. (laughs) Let's be real. Well, I remember the first time that I t- tasted it was with you, and I was like, this is terrible. Yeah, it was also terrible next? scotch. <laughs> do you remember the drink that we had next that you said wasn't that bad? Uh, I don't know. Skittles. It was always Skittles. <laughs> Speaking of Skittles, but no. Um, you know, like those those packets you put into water, like uh, Crystal Light packets or whatever the hell that you put into a bottle of water. Shake yeah, yeah, like yeah, yeah, yeah. There is a Skittles branded one. Oh my god! <laughs> of course there is. They ripped yeah. us off, Brian. I know, but anyway, when you like, I hate this. I don't want to drink this, but I will because I feel like you kept drinking it. Um, I then made us hot chocolate and put Jack Daniels mm. in it. That's right. Mm-hmm. 
That's right. That was a long time ago. Yeah. I yeah. mean, that was we good. Were de- we were definitely of age because I purchased that that whiskey. Yeah. I only bought cheap whiskey because we were poor. And sure. Whatever <laughs> sure. money I had went to gambling. So right. Oh, right. You were addicted to gambling. <laughs> that's, a, <laughs> yeah. that's a thing that happened. Wow. Yeah. Um, I haven't gambled anything since I went to Vegas like five, six years ago. It but, sounds like that's probably for the best. Well, <laughs> yeah. And this is actually a good thing. Well, it's going to turn into a good thing. So stick with me. Um, God. Now that, <laughs> now that I live in Jersey, online poker is legal. And I lost a like a shitload of money in online poker when that was, I don't even know if it was ever legal in New York, but you were able to do it. it yeah. Was it was like, a, it was just, it was just a gray area. Yeah. So now it's legal. And like, I kept saying, I want, I want to play. Nah, I don't gamble anymore. I'm not going to do it. I, I got like a promotional code, I guess, cause they're like quarantine stuff. They're trying to get people to go in there for like free tournament entries. And it was like into dollar tournaments. Put okay. No money in there. And from playing in those small ass tournaments, I now have seventy dollars. Nice, <laughs> um, which I can't withdraw because I need to get it up an obscene amount since I didn't put any money into there. Sure. So, sure. Is it gambling still? Technically, I have nothing on the line. Then, well, it, it, that's a matter of perspective. But <laughs> I, I, yes, it, the answer is yes. <laughs> it's, but I really need the answer to be no. It's the it's the methadone of gambling. <laughs> Right, there you go. Perfect. Well said. However, or I method report, one if you prefer. I will report this. <laughs> when, <laughs> when I was losing a lot of money when I was younger, like I would play for whatever, like small amounts of money, get really pissed off, and then just play with all my money, lose it all, and be pissed and deposit more. That hasn't happened at all. Like, I don't have that urge. Like, I played in a dollar tournament, and I lost, like, the second hand. I'm like, all right, whatever. That's good. Well, you also have, like, bills now. Yeah. So, I mean, that's good that you (laughs) you spill over into your adult life. (laughs) You own a house. Please be safe. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. You you used to go to AC after our 12-hour Saturday. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're a psycho person. <laughs> I can't tell. I don't know how I did this. I can't tell you how many times, like Friday, when we covered delivering and doing whatever, we would leave, and then I would still come back and open the store and work all day without going to sleep after gambling all day. Yeah, that's right. That's I right. You were a hot mess. I'm pretty sure there was at least one or two times where you then also went back. Yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> this This is informing the whole, like origin of the spin tune story because i remember distinctly a part of that story being i opened the store fell asleep at the counter and then woke up to the annoying (laughs) customer context yes however (laughs) (laughs) however i was not sleeping because i was up all night gambling i was sleeping because i covered the delivery boys paper route right and then and then went camp well, I probably actually no. I don't. I, phone, phones weren't really a thing then, like smartphones. So I probably wasn't playing on my phone. So. You remember when we, when we put you in the bread box? Yeah, um, that was great. Didn't I try to scare <laughs> someone? Didn't it backfire? Yeah, no, it worked. It's just not on the person that we were expecting to scare. 
it was Brian. We had there was a bread box outside of the pizzeria. It was big, obviously, because we you know we would get like a, a just this whole order of hero bread that we would use up throughout the day. Yeah, big old box. Uh, of bread. So in the morning, one of the guys would come in and he would open the box and take all the bread in. Uh, this particular morning, we were there before him. Brian took all the bread into the back, and we were like, "Why don't you get in the box?" And when he goes to open it, we'll scare he, you. Can scare him. And then when he came, I flagged him down and told him not to do it because we already got it. And let's see how long Brian stays in the box. <laughs> uh, and then he stayed there for I don't know. It was probably fifteen twenty minutes. You couldn't have been comfortable. And one of the customers, uh, uh, who well not well customer friends of. Al would come in. And not the John. And is, is there a certain wait? Did you say his name? It, it was it was John. It was Rat Tail John. Uh, okay, I, yeah. Uh, and did you say Rat Tail John? I, I did. Well, yeah, he had the little the little rat tail. And he. Yeah, I just to be sure that that's what he said. <laughs> and then I was like, "Oh, this will be fun. I'm going to ask him to get the bread <laughs> because we haven't gotten it yet." And he scared the shit out of John. <laughs> I have never seen a grown man stagger so many times. Like, you know how, like, you get caught off guard and you maybe take a step back? It was like a Family Guy episode where it was like a step and then three more steps and could have been maybe five before he was in the street. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, man. We had fun. We had fun at the pizzeria. Yeah, we did. Let us get into some news and nuggets. Uh, and more, you'll you'll get more spin chew nuggets as we have Brian on the show more regularly. I mean, if we have I see. to get into the nuggets, <laughs> I don't know. Right. Great st- story time. So, I, I, it's true. Um, I will say that our last episode was three and a half hours, though, and <laughs> maybe <laughs> that's too long. <laughs> Some might call that overindulgent. Those people will be right. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I won't tell a full story here. I just want to get Anthony's reaction. Sure. Uh, do you happen to remember when I walked out of the kitchen and said I had an accident? And then you went back and there was blood everywhere? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You you were dangerous. You were a liability. Like, all the time. <laughs> You tried to smoke oregano in a receipt paper. That's true. That used to be that's that's all we used to have to do when it was when we were bored. Like there was like a good three hours where like it was just completely dead, and all you had to do is come up with something ridiculous, tell it to Brian, and then say you won't, and he would do it. <laughs> Whatever it was, everyone has a, a bite of a habanero. Done. <laughs> smoke a this oregano of wasabi. Done. Uh, Vomited right after that. Uh, Do you remember when Anthony, not me, just <laughs> bit into a kiwi? Just straight up. <laughs> it's so hairy. It was absolutely <laughs> disgusting. <laughs> All right, oh, let's get some news boy. and nuggets. Into some news and nuggets. I got, I'm going to kick us off real quick. This comes from Patrick Phillips at Looper. For those not in the know, May 4th has officially been dubbed Star Wars Day by diehard fans of the galaxy far, far away, which means it's the one day of, a year, of the year Star Wars gurus all over the planet are encouraged to find 
fun and unique ways to celebrate their favorite sci-fi spectacular. Disney and Lucasfilm are seriously upping the ante this year by releasing an eight-part documentary series that'll offer a compelling behind-the-scenes look at the Disney Plus show, The Mandalorian. An eight-part documentary for a show that I believe is eight episodes. episodes. (laughs) That's that's intense. That's a lot. That's a lot of stuff. I mean, I'll watch it. (laughs) Don't get me wrong. It just, it caught me by surprise. I mean, at that point, it's not like we'll have much better to watch because by the end of May, June, we'll probably run out of new TV in addition to having no more new movie releases. Mm, That's, 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 that's dark and sad and true. Uh, (laughs) All of those things. Uh, You did say it was being put out by Disney Plus, right? Correct. Yeah, so each episode might be like five minutes. They love their shorts. Like they had the imagination. Oh, that's story, true. Which are really short each episode. So might be something like that. <laughs> the first episode in a back lot far, far away. And that's it. <laughs> episode, <laughs> episode two. <laughs> they they but, like uh, their short stuff. There's a lot of short things on there. So yeah, that's it, that's that's true. I didn't think of that. That it might it might just be like bite size. Uh, each of those eight episodes, there was no context on how long they would be. That being said, I'm all for it. I'll watch it uh, for sure. Uh, I don't know. I think I sent it to both of you guys. Anybody out there who hasn't seen it, IGN put out this Mandalorian two trailer that was just perfect. <laughs> I was actually going to do that too. As soon as you were wrapping up, I was going to be like, "Can we just jump into Mand- Mandalorian two trailer?" <laughs> they nailed it. Okay, so I didn't. First off, I didn't know that. This, I thought, like Al, Al had mentioned to me, that oh, are they just? It was too soon to do any April Fool's jokes on April Fool's Day. So yeah, because IGN they just is re- always like at the forefront of that. And he, he, but you had said, were they just holding off and decided to drop them all on four twenty? And I didn't realize that supposedly they've done other stuff on that date for a while. I didn't realize well, that was the they, case. They usually push this one article, like the top 10 games to play on 420, but the list right. is only nine games. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was going to say, I don't recall there being a big 420 thing. Obviously, at this point, it's been over a decade that they've been doing huge um, April like Fool's like day where it's a million things they do and you have to figure out which ones are real and which ones aren't. Um, but I don't. they didn't do it this year. So I just right. assumed because that wasn't the only thing they did um, yesterday, was it? They, they did a few. No, things. it wasn't. There was a, there was saying. another really great one. They pushed all their April Fool's things directly to that day. Yeah, yeah. No, it, it's it's possible. Um, but that 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 Mandalorian one, first off, really well done uh, because they were they clipped scenes that were in the series, but voiceover things out of context they did it in such a way where it actually felt real for like i don't know the first third of it <laughs> yeah i was gonna say it took me about like like i felt like i was like okay okay they're just doing that like thing where it's like oh this trailer is really mostly a teaser and you're only gonna get about four seconds of new material type of thing it's mostly gonna be like cut-ups from like older stuff and i was like it took me about probably 15-20 <laughs> seconds to be like okay this is all stuff that came from directly from the first season <laughs> right right and then followed by a pot smoking baby Yoda, well teenage Yoda. They did the whole baby Groot to teen Groot in one yeah. in one jump, uh, flipping off Mando as he walks away, which was really that was a tremendous middle finger. That was yes. <laughs> also, I have a question: Was that the worst ever Yoda impression of all time? Um, 
I would argue that the one from episode one is the worst ever Yoda impression of all time. <laughs> no, because the the no, no 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 no. I'm talking about the actual voice impression, not the puppeteering. Yeah, because probably. it was still Frank Oz in episode one. Yeah, fair, fair. Um, who's not amused by this recording? <laughs> no, sorry. Uh, no, I know, I know, I know. I just. Uh, uh, Brian sent us a, a picture. Is this, is this going to be Minnie? I assume it's Minnie. Yeah, every time my oh. mouth opens, she turns her head and is like, uh. That's real? adorable. Dogs on podcast has become a thing, like, a well, lot because lately. of all the work from home. For sure. Yeah. But you know what? Also, IGN, it was with them before this. <laughs> they would bring them into the office. Really? Yeah, occasionally. Good. Occasionally. But um, anyway. That was pretty. That was that was really silly. The other one that they put out that I saw, I didn't. I don't know if they did any more than these. If they did, I didn't watch them. But they did an Xbox Series XXL, and it was hysterical. It was they basically. It, it was like I think they said like four hundred times larger. And there's like they expand the picture that they currently have of the Series X, and they like go into like all these ridiculous details. It's like ports, lots of ports, a big ass power button, like. <laughs> It's all these dumb. I was like, it really. I was like rolling. I was just so well done. It was really, it was really silly, and uh, I needed that that morning. <laughs> I didn't see that one because you sent IGN homepage, which I'll call you out on. Listen, <laughs> he does it all the I time the to list. us. I know he does. I watched he the sends video. A link, like, check this out. Like, cool homepage. Hit the share button. <laughs> hit copy. Send it to your ass, and it's just the homepage. I don't uh, know what the problem is. It's still is. on you. This happens at uh, least like once a month. <laughs> you know what the the screwed up thing is when I when I send that one to you guys, the preview image is of the thing I'm sending you, and the title is there. Uh, All I know is I'm getting a link, and the hyperlink is just like HTTPS. I, that is absolutely infuriating. www.ign.com. <laughs> absolutely infuriating. Uh, so were you confused you when Alka was like, thanks for the homepage or whatever he said? No, no, because I remember it happened once before, at least once. And it's I happened like, like, at you know, least uh, once. Oh, but, like, I said monthly, but it's probably been like three times. But here's the thing. I sent you the other one the same way. Yeah, but that one worked. Yeah. I don't know. I'm aware. <laughs> 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 All right. Moving on. <laughs> <laughs> nonsense uh, well you know what while we're on the ign topic in games world we have brian brian what should we be on the lookout for what are you doing lately what's going on in video game land oh man so a game that we talked about and i said i i'm not gonna buy this i'm not gonna want to play this animal crossing so i mm. i guess this is uh the highest thing i could say about it we bought a second switch and another copy of the game just so the two of us could play together that's intense. Now, did you phrase that the highest thing we could do because we're recording this one day after 420 or hmm. just like a slip of the tongue? Or No, like I said, <laughs> sometimes you just step and go. <laughs> <laughs> oh. oh, man. So did you got what kind of switch did you get? Just a regular one? Or? We got the, the smaller one, the switch Lite. Which, oh, um, nice. It's decently smaller than mine. Because I, I have hmm. the original one and it's so light. There's no rumble in it. So it's super light. The switch light is light, is what you're telling me? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wait, I, ha- oh, I have another question. They have the switch and the switch light, but they don't have a switch blade? <laughs> <laughs> I, think, I think Microsoft took the blade, right? Oh, God. Uh, NVIDIA? No, it wasn't. Mm-hmm. I think the, 
Xbox no, Blade was, wasn't was, that the Blades? No, wasn't Blade I, IBM? Wasn't that one of the servers? I don't know. I your the Xbox 360 dashboard had Blades. If that uh, if that's, that's what you're a, talking that, about, that's what I'm thinking. Uh, I don't know, Al. That might be the case. I'm pretty sure IBM, like, 10 years ago, had the Blade. It was the super small server for, like, small businesses. No one knows. I only know that because my dad worked for IBM (laughs) for a long time. (laughs) I see what Ant did there. (laughs) All right, so you're you're deep in Animal Crossing is what I've gotten out of this. Yeah, according to my Switch, I've played over 75 hours, which, um, yeah, that's that's a lot of of hours. (laughs) And I got the game yesterday. <laughs> it's has it been a month? I don't even know. If it's been a month that I have that many. That's a lot. In. That is a lot. Yeah, it's either not a month or barely a month and seventy-five hours. Well, it might be eight, 79 hours. Who knows? Because the switch is a freaking estimate. It just says more than seventy-five, then it will update at eighty. I'm sure it'll be right. eighty before okay. it's over. I'm sure he'll so be at 80 before this conversation's do. over. Well, you see the way you say that. I have some chores to do. Why would yeah, I want this? I, I still don't know. get it. I don't get it. I realize that the only way for me to get it is to play the game and and decide at that point whether or not I like to. I'm just not compelled to actually play it. Neither was I. I don't know what got me into it. But Hang so on. Before... I bought it. I'm just not compelled to play it. <laughs> no. It? I, well, so... Uh, Kim's friend is playing it and she really wants Kim to play it too. So it's like, so she, she was, and she doesn't play any games. So I was like, well, we were like, what well, we were, it was, we were, fr- we haven't spent money on anything. It was like, we're going to buy this game and you're going to play it. And uh, so it, it's not been used yet, but <laughs> I have, it. <laughs> it is a thing that I own. I'm still, and even so I'm not compelled to play it. See, I thought the, it was going to be like a principal thing. Like, no, no, I'm not buying this stupid game because I do chores in real life. But no, if you own the game, then I don't know why you wouldn't give it a spin. Other than that you were afraid. Sure, that it makes it's no like, sense. Like I was saying, you're afraid it's crack cocaine where like if you try it, you're going to become addicted. So just don't Here's, try it. No, I will tell you the reason that I actually haven't tried I would try it. The reason I haven't tried it because I, I want to know what the hell it's all about. I just and I realize that anybody telling me about yeah. it clearly doesn't do anything. Anthony, I've played yes. almost eighty hours. I can't tell you what it's about. I have no I know. idea. That's the that's the thing that's driving me crazy. But here's but here's why I haven't tried it yet, is that Brian was like, You should download Warzone. And now mm-hmm. I'm addicted to Warzone. <laughs> it's ridiculous. I played Plunder for the first time last night for four hours. <laughs> it was awesome. <laughs> I loved every minute of it. I've played two, two sessions. No I've played two <laughs> sessions of Warzone. I played it with you and Chris. That first mm-hmm. time. And none of us knew what we were doing. Chris knew right. slightly. You knew slightly. I knew nothing about what I was doing. And then I played, I want to say, two or three days later with some of my friends. And they really know how to play the game. Like, they're fucking tagging locations on the map. They're tagging yeah. enemies. They have strategy. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, guys, yeah. I'm running around with the pistol. Um, yeah. What do I do? And I'm dead. I'm going to the gulag, guys, which I have never successfully won. And then I finally successfully won it after like three rounds with them. But like, isn't it awesome? Those are the only two times I've played it. I've played for like a total of two hours. Um, I haven't played it in two weeks. I will. We'll we'll play. The three of us need to do it. I would say I want to like the game, but I feel like I'm going to need to devote a significant amount of time to be any good at that game. And I do not have the hours to devote. 
You don't have to be good at it. It's still fun. When you play with when you play with other like if the three of us play together, it's gonna be a blast. When you, me, and Chris played together, it was awesome. You killed a man with a helicopter did, and you I didn't know how to play him. the game. <laughs> I buzzsawed him with the rotors of the helicopter. It was there the was highlight an, of my gaming life. We played one entire match and Al was like, This is a little rough. And then we played a second match where he got into a helicopter, learned how to fly it. Uh, Chris got shot out. I dove out. I started shooting people on the ground. Al killed a person with a helicopter, and he goes, "Now I'm having fun." <laughs> <laughs> this is what happened. We're we're flying around dramatically, way too dramatically, with the two of them sitting on like the the skids of the helicopter. Somehow, Chris just got annihilated. Um, yeah, shot and, right out of the bird. <laughs> yeah, and so we're like cruising around. We found like one dude running around in the street, and I'm just doing strafing runs so Anthony can shoot at the guy. Um, he jumps off of the skid of the helicopter. I'm not sure why. Um, he he gets downed because you know he fell 50 feet f- through the sky. Uh, I mm-hmm. then said, "Hang on a second, let me take care of this guy real quick." I continued to circle the guy we were strafing. I finally, I kept going back and forth, and the guy's just shooting at me. And I'm like, doesn't seem to realize that I'm trying to kill him with the helicopter. Finally, got <laughs> just the perfect amount of tilt to go and just buzzsawed him in half with the rotors. And I said. I have accomplished my mission, Anthony. I'm now coming to save you. And I parked the helicopter and I saved him <laughs> just in the nick of time. And the two of us ran off and both immediately got killed. Uh, <laughs> so, Brian, you've been playing it all or no? Yeah, I have. And Al, what you, have you heard that there was the dog shaking? Oh, I'm um, familiar with that's the sound. That's <laughs> uh, Al, what you just described is what makes the game great. The stories you walk away from with it. Yeah, yeah, I just need, I need more of awesome. those. I need more of those. I need like someone to park a helicopter on top of my head that I wasn't aware was there. I need to be able to drop off a parachute and knife someone, which I tried to do, and apparently I dropped from the parachute just a bit too soon and died. Um, so you could re-pull here, I, it. Yeah, you yeah, can pull but it out. The point oh, yeah. was, I wanted to do the fucking like kamikaze kill, and I cut the 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 parachute like five feet too soon, apparently, because like you can survive like ten feet falling from that the, the parachute, but maybe not fifteen. Like that's kind of what happened to me. Yesterday in Plunder, at the end of Plunder, there's a lot of attack helicopters around, and um, and other helicopters picking up cash, and. I was just, I was, this particular round, I was just getting wrecked over and over again. Like, I just, I couldn't do anything right. And I was adamant that this respawn, this one, I'm gonna win. I'm gonna <laughs> kill someone. I spawn, I immediately, I open my parachute immediately in plunder because I want to just take a quick survey of where I want to go. And then I cut it again so that I could drop down. I open the parachute, get shot, cut the parachute, land on top of a helicopter. Dead. <laughs> Dead. Yeah. Horrible. As we discussed 90 seconds ago, the helicopter blades will kill you. <laughs> Freak accident. Who so, could have seen it coming? <laughs> what kind of chores are you doing? <laughs> I'm still hung up person. on it. Yes, I gotta know what's like I, I'm gonna continue to All ask, right. I guess, well, until I play. I can it. tell you exactly what we before recording, I was playing yeah. with Kristen, and she's like I don't like how my trees are. Like, All right, well, well, let's fix that. So mm-hmm. I, you know, I went down to the airport of my island, flew to her island. Sure, sure. Got got off. We waved. I ate some fruit because you know you can't uproot a tree without eating fruit. Right? Is that a thing? Yeah, you, you didn't know that. No, I'm being serious. Is this an in-game rule? 
Yeah, I, so full-grown trees. I, I'm still lost because I feel like this has all been a, like a long-winded euphemism because he's talking about taking care of his <laughs> wife's tree and he's flying to the island and he's eating some fruit and he's uprooting the tree. And prior to this, he was playing with his wife. Yeah, that's all I'm saying is I feel like this, the punchline is going to be, guys, we haven't been playing see, Animal Crossing. <laughs> I'm not that clever. <laughs> um, so no, in the game trees grow from a little sprout to a full-grown tree and when it's a full-grown tree you can as trees do well yeah but it happens over time sure if you plant a tree you have to wait like four days before it's big four whole tree four whole days for the tree not 25 years yeah but like four real life days like, not like, oh, well, game days go quicker. No, it's real time. Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So once it's full grown, you could uproot it and move it where you want. Okay. But you need to be strong. So you got to eat some fruit to get strong and then you can move it. Listen, people consider me fairly strong. And I tell you what, if I eat some fruit, I can't yank a tree out of the ground. You are giving me more reasons not to play this. Uh, how about this? If you eat fruit. And then go to your house. If you have a toilet, you could sit on the toilet and poop out the fruit. Yeah, that's no. How that, that's how that what? works. What? Hang on. Is this a Tamagotchi situation? Do you have to poop? No. Okay. You don't have to eat fruit either. <laughs> All right. Okay. Yeah, but you do okay. if you want to pull up a tree. Yes. See? There's no other way Al's to pull up a it. tree. Al's got it. Now, I'm a little confused. Where does the steak come in? Because I feel like you need protein if you're going to pull a tree out of the ground. Um, there is no protein. Um, there's no, this is not a well-balanced diet. No, uh, the only (laughs) animals are your villagers that live in harmony with you and the island. You know, on some island, that game I want to play. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, Brian, wait, hang on a second. Hang on a second. Very important. Brian, did you listen to our episode last week after talking about it in the Slack with us? Uh, I started to, and then I got it's, it's three and a half hours long. Did you get yeah. to our conversation on Animal Crossing? I didn't, and that's not, that's the main reason I listened to it. But uh, I know after that's you why talked I'm about asking. the beer, I kind of checked out after that. After what? <laughs> Nothing. The after beer? beer. That that's like two minutes. That's like two minutes. <laughs> no, I, I probably right. listened for about twenty minutes. Then I had a, a work call, and then I just never went back to it. Okay, so okay, because so, I'm just remembering now that you specifically asked us about Animal Crossing in the slide. And I planned on listening to it. So cannibalism is the second expansion pack coming after <laughs> after Pillage of the Village. <laughs> Pillage the Village. That's so much better than the version that I came up with. <laughs> <laughs> that would be amazing if they were just like if the game was out for a while and they were just like fuck it and they <laughs> they made these absurd expansions that were like game breaking. <laughs> I would play that. Anyway, back to the chores. So I went Mm. there, uprooted trees, Mm -hmm. and we replanted the trees where she wanted them. We planted some flowers. We paid some guy to build a bridge. What? This is absurd. Yeah. I don't I've been trying to get somebody to do my fence for like a year and a half. I told you I built the damn fence. I don't I don't want to go in Animal Crossing and have to pay somebody else to build my fence. No, no, you could build your own fence. I, I told okay, you that. I told you that you and me could build the damn fence. I, I know, but a but a bridge is where they draw the limit. Like you can't you can't build your own bridge. Well, no, well, you, you can. can. Zoning laws and you know all that stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Are there clear cut rules in this game? 
Yes. Em- eminent domain and, you know, all that. There's actually too many rules with some things, which is negatives that will come up in the review, which I'm still in the process of doing. Okay. And eventually right. I'll get them out there onto the interweb, too. Can you? I totally for... fucked up last week, man. <laughs> it's all good. It's all good. Hey, I published I... his review yesterday. I didn't tweet it out, though. Can you? I I completely lost my train of thought. <laughs> it was gone. I was mid-sentence. I lost it. All right, so I'll go back to the chores, and maybe we'll come back to you. So, yeah, uh, sure. Jesus Christ. Trees, some of them grow fruit, some don't. You pick the fruit, you hit the trees to get wood, you pick up weeds from your grass. You, you hit the trees so the yeah, fruit, to the get fruit wood. Thing is like a yeah, you don't cut them down, you just hit them. You can Got cut it. them down, but why? So you don't scythe the weeds, you beat them with a bat? No, you pick them up. Okay, but um, back to the tree thing. It's like a closed loop system. So you plant the tree to grow the fruit, to eat the fruit, to pull the tree, to plant the tree, to eat the fruit. Well, you really want to sell the fruit. Um, but I thought you want to sell the tarantulas. Oh, yeah, you do. What? <laughs> what? And why do you know about this? <laughs> and also, I think you want to pick turnips to sell on the stock market. He's got Did this. Did you say the He's stock market? No, the stock market. S-T-A-L-K. <laughs> Is and, that better? <laughs> and every Sunday from 5 a.m. to 12 p.m. So 5 a.m. to noon, there's this person that comes to your town and she sells you turnips. And you buy turnips for X amount of dollars. And then during the week, you check the prices and it's like the... It's called the stock market because, like, the stock market, you try to buy them at sure. one price and sell it for a profit. Uh huh. But you have to log on from that time frame in order to do it. Something like the trading floor. Now, here's a question Is there, can you trade anything else or is it just turnips? Beets. Beets. No, there's no beets. <laughs> <laughs> You you realized I was just about to sign off in time. <laughs> We're done with this. Okay. <laughs> All right, I got a topic. I got a topic. It's a very what do you short got? one. We have new TV. It's out. What we do in the shadows season two <sighs> came back last week. Oh boy. No, I haven't watched it yet. Oh. I was gonna watch it no, tonight. No, I don't know I what it is. I, I was gonna watch it tonight before we started recording, and then I worked a twelve-hour shift, so didn't have time. Um, wait, Brian, you don't know what we do in the shadows? Mm-mm. Okay, no, so boy. what we do in the shadows was like a twenty thirteen Australian New Zealand whatever mockumentary made by that guy Taika Waititi <laughs> and Jermaine Clement and a third guy, um, and it's about vampires who live in New Zealand who don't do vampire stuff that all that well, really. Um, and then they made a show last year. Uh, Jermaine Clement is running the whole show, writing and directing almost every episode. Taika Waititi is involved somewhat. And it's about three old world vampires who moved to Staten Island in, I think, the 1850s-ish to yeah. take over the new world and have succeeded <laughs> in taking over their street and a little bit of the adjoining street. <laughs> <laughs> they, uh, the concept is tremendous, and I do have to get back to it. I, I don't know why I haven't. It's but it so is, freaking funny. The, the one or two episodes that we watched together were very silly. Yes, very it's silly. also very silly. Creepy. Why is that happening? <laughs> I, pff, dude, why not? You well, know? 
If we're talking about Staten Island and what should possibly happen there, the last Purge movie had it right. Oh, okay. Wow. Um, But anyway, I I loved the first season of that show, and I desperately want to watch the first episode. And tomorrow I will probably watch the first two episodes of what we do in the Shadow Season 2. Super excited. Nice. All right. I, I actually, I need to get into some of that because I need a comedy. Uh, I'm, I need some comedy to offset the absurdity that is The Sopranos that I'm still watching. Um, decided to stick with it. Not saying that it was the best decision that I've made. Um, it's fine. The show is still just fine. <laughs> it's not yeah, amazing. It's not I groundbreaking never, in my opinion. Actually, I, so not that I never watched it. When it was on TV, we watched the last episode together as a family. We never watched any episodes before, but mm-hmm. for some reason, as a family, we watched the last episode. That is an interesting. Decision. That's a that's a yeah, strange choice. Um, strange choice. We tried to watch it like a, like maybe two years ago, and we watched the first two seasons. Yeah, it just it's just become a show of me rooting for specific people to die. Like I hate everybody on oh, the show. They're all detestable. Yes, and then it's like. I think I hate this person the most. And then somebody else walks in the room and I'm like, oh, right. That piece of turd. <laughs> There's like two and a half people you don't actively root against. It's like Dr. Kuzumano, sure. Meadow, and sometimes Carmella. I didn't like Meadow. I, I don't mind. Doc, his doctor, I don't mind. Yeah. Well, she's not a bad person. Her. She's a good person. No, no, no. I don't mind her, but I know you have annoying. A- yeah, she's she is kind of annoying, but she's a product of her surroundings, and so is AJ. Um, I, I I know Al, you don't care for him. Um, you hate him, I believe you said in the previous episode. But I, I, I don't mind him. I said he's one of the worst ca- uh, characters ever written on television. Interesting. I don't uh, find that. See, to I never be got true. past him like a child playing video games. The yeah, the pro- the problem either. is it's not it's not about liking or disliking him as a person. It's about there's basically no point to his existence on the show. He doesn't mm. do anything. None of his storylines achieve anything. Meadow, when they don't have a storyline for her, she just disappears. And when they do, yeah. the storylines have some tangible effect on the goings-on of the show. Yeah. He has much more screen time and zero effect on the show. I feel like you're remembering it differently because he's really he he is completely absent in a lot of episodes, and I feel like every time that he's been on, it's usually some reflection of Tony, and it usually is informing how he feels about something, and then also uh, exemplifies his worry of like him passing on his issues to his son. But that that's true to a certain extent. But the thing is, those things typically don't exist beyond the scene they're in. They don't come back up in any way, shape, or form. Hmm. I'm curious if maybe it gets worse in the future episodes because it, it's been pretty consistent in the in the season that we just finished. Well, uh, uh, what season did you guys just finish? We just finished three. We're halfway through four. So you saw her dating Jackie Jr. Sure. Um, that had real tangible effects on the show, on Tony, on her, on everyone. Sure. Um... AJ never has anything that measures up to that. Never. Until a little bit in the final season, and even that at the end of it all doesn't actually amount to anything. Interesting. All right. Well, I'll, I will check back in with you once I've finished the series. Um, or even which for, for in, the first, in the first season, there's the one episode where they go on the college visit, right? 
that was a mm-hmm. hugely important episode for her. Yeah, it was great. For him, yeah, that was a good for episode. their relationship. Mm-hmm. You know, there's nothing like that ever between him and Agent. Mm. Yeah. All right. And should I pick it back up? Absolutely not. I would absolutely not pick it up. I wouldn't. I would not. I'm not recommending this to anybody. I, I disagree. I don't hold it in the regard that most people do, but I still do think it was a very good show. Mm-hmm. We, we've been watching bad, bad TV. What are you watching? Well, we I'm going to say rewatch, but for me, it really wasn't so much of a rewatch. But for her, it was we watched all of One Tree Hill, which was <laughs> What a tangent that show takes. Nice. Is that a CW show? Yeah. Oh, uh, perfect. You know I love my CW shows. Uh, yeah, this this was um I don't know, 2006 maybe. Okay. I don't I don't know. Um but it starts out like two half brothers that are they don't like each other. Basketball is a big thing and right. I don't know. Then the last season is like an action movie like People getting like shooting people, fighting. Does someone is that the is that the one with that much to say while someone gets shot? Is that that show, or is what? What? (laughs) There was a great Saturday Night Live skit. I can't remember if that was the name of the show, but it was one of the shows around that time. Yeah, they do a skit with with Andy Samberg, right? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Uh, You know uh, that what you say song that's playing while someone gets murdered. Well, not murdered, but shot in an accident. I don't, it might not have been that show. It might have been a different show that was like on at the same time. Yeah, I don't think it was. One no. Single. You should look up that skit if you're not familiar with it. It is fantastic. <laughs> all in all, though, not that I don't bad think I've ever, show. I, was saying, I don't think I've ever even seen the whole skit. I think I've just seen clips of it. <laughs> That's so good. All in all, what were you saying? Not, not that bad of a show. Like the okay. first like four to six seasons are pretty good. They sure. did something weird. Like... Um, I don't know what the exact reason was, but they're in high school during the first few seasons. And instead mm-hmm. of going to college on the next season, if they graduate, they just fast forward like five years. So mm. they're done with college. And most of them are like established somehow. Like, okay. That quick, okay. But whatever. Okay. Um, in, yeah, it was interesting. In Riverdale, they don't fast forward, but they just decide that they're, they can buy alcohol and go to, like and 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 you know hookers and all that stuff like it's just it's fine it's like, they're, like in we're, they're in high school 100 percent. yeah but they okay. also go to a bar they they own one of one of the students runs a speakeasy <laughs> 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 and has her own rum company but for, you know. for the for the record it was a parody of something that happened in the oc oc Okay. Oh, that, that was- show does not hold up. We tried that. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Uh, Is that what other bad TV are you watching? Oh, uh, um, do you want to get to some good TV? Let's finish. Let's get all. Let's cleanse the bad before we get the bad. Yeah, let's get the bad stuff out. So, I mean, this might be good to some people, but we watched Tiger King. That was. Oh, uh, uh, yeah, it was rough. I watched that too. That was a mistake. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I was hooked. <laughs> but I think, it was. I think the, I was gonna say. I think the mistake is that I couldn't stop watching it. Yeah. And I think I might have liked it. Oh. Oh yeah. Hundred percent. The mistake is that I finished that. We finished it in like two or three nights. Like that. That was. It was too much. Too fast. Wait. Yeah. Important question. Did you come back to watch the new episode that came out on Easter? Yes. Well, we started it like five days ago, so that was already there. Okay. Oh, okay. No, not yet. I'm gonna have to go do that though. Uh, it's hosted by Joel McHale. I mean, that's fantastic. Yeah, I'll watch that. Uh, 
keeping on Netflix and bad shows, we we watched all of The Circle. Are you familiar with that? I've heard of it. It's uh, a wasn't that a movie with? Yes, yes. No, no, that's not has nothing to do with this. (laughs) Yeah, it was a movie with like Tom Hanks and uh, yeah, Brian. Hang on one second. The movie you need to watch not for the show, just because I have one specific theory I need to run by you, Anthony. Which it could be an episode if you want it to be, but that's literally the only thing I want to talk about in the movie. So it's going to be a very short episode. So to watch, I have to watch the movie for one theory. Got right. it. I'll do it. I'll do that. I have. I have time. <laughs> Continue, Brian. Sorry. We we want to watch that movie because Kristen loves Tom Hanks and sure. I can't remember her real name, but Hermione. It's not good. <laughs> it's, not a, it's not a good movie. It's an interesting movie. I believe you mean Hermione. <laughs> definitely how i pronounced that when i read the book yeah same um yeah i saw the movie it was not good it was interesting because just from a structural standpoint it's kind of unlike anything else i've seen um to the point where like at times it feels like it forgot that it was a movie Um, someone interviewing you and taking that just said put pulled the line unlike anything i've ever seen (laughs) 10 out of 10 <laughs> yeah, uh, it's not gonna get a ten out of ten. But I have a very specific theory. Wait, uh, wait. I want to do. Two, I want to do like a, I have like a control and like a, like I want to have a whole science experiment because Brian okay. doesn't care at all. Pathologically immune to spoilers, which I still cannot sure. wrap my head around. Right. You hate spoilers. I want to have us do the circle, by which okay. I mean we're gonna talk about it for like. 15 minutes because I do not care about anything else that happened in the movie. Um, I'm going to tell Brian about it ahead of time so he can look for it. Okay. The theory. Okay. And I don't want to tell Anthony about it. And I want him to go in fresh. And then I want to have the discussion with the three of us. Okay. I'm down with that. That sounds fun. Yeah. That'll so we're not going to end up doing that movie. What we're going to do is we're going to do a different movie. And then we're going to do that as one of our nuggets before, because it's okay. like, seriously, it's going to be a 15 minutes. The rest of the movie is not worth talking about. Wow. And for an extra control to that, uh, I won't tell Kristen what the theory is and see if she gets it. Okay. After it's over. So we get another song. Okay. Nice. Now continue on with the weird show from Netflix. Oh, uh, the circle was kind of, it, it was interesting. Like we watched the whole thing, I think in like two days and it was a little longer than it should have been. Um, I think it was in Chicago. It was this weird apartment building and these people go in there and they're by themselves they have this weird social media called the circle and they could either be themselves or like a catfish and just build a persona on there. And the idea is like to just talk to these other people that are competing in this competition to be the last one standing in this by either lying or being truthful. Like it's just a weird social media experiment. Okay. And um, when someone's eliminated, they get to, go meet someone face to face. So they see like who they are, if they were lying, if they weren't, it's, it's really weird. It's hard to explain. And if you watch a trailer, you'd be even more confused. You just kind of watch it. Uh, but it was, it was interesting. It's that just these people sounds kind of bizarre in apartments screaming about social media bullshit. Mm. So that seems like the perfect release for this time of like quarantine where it's like, Hey, everyone's stuck in their house. Now watch a show about a bunch of people stuck in this apartment, like messaging each other on the internet. <laughs> it, like, it, I, I I don't think reality TV is is real at all. I always think it's staged and fixed. But, sure. Um, oh, so yeah. take this however you will. Like th- this came out before quarantine hit, and then one of the people that was on it 
was commenting on quarantine saying he feels like he's on the show again. Yeah, so that's what I'm saying. It's like the perfect release for this time, like prescient and having yeah, that yeah, release at that time. Yep. Very uh, we, bizarre. We tried to watch another Netflix reality thing, and I could not. After one episode, we turned it off. Love is Blind. Do you know what that one was? Uh, people at work are watching that. I The first episode really turned me off in, in a way. I just I couldn't watch it. Oh, my God. It sounds like something that I would not be able to watch. No, and I, I, I'll tell you why the first one, like, so they don't see each other. It's a blind thing, and they're supposed to get engaged. And the first couple that gets engaged, the guy was white and the girl was black. And the girl keeps talking about how she couldn't have dated a white guy without this. Like, why? Like, who cares? Like, and it just, I, I, like, I couldn't get past that, that she kept saying, like, the blindness really helped. Like, it shouldn't. But that's the world we live in, I guess, and I just don't fully understand. <laughs> Brian's getting upset. Yeah, I was really upset about the race stuff. And now I get it. A privileged white person. I understand. I don't know the full picture, but it just it bothers me that that's got to be a topic. That that, that because, was the yeah. because this barrier, a black person, a white person could date. They get to know each other without seeing their skin color. Just because mm-hmm. I never really cared. Like what? You know, sure. Sure. Whatever. So if we're not watching that show. <laughs> Don't it. do it. Th- shows that we should be watching. Shows that we, we all were watching. watching. Shows shows that we were watching. Let's start with devs. Sorry, I don't recognize that name. Let's start with devs and say right now that we're gonna be spoiling devs. <laughs> like we got to talk about it. So I, I will actually it. put in the bookmarks when this starts and then i'll bookmark the next segment as well so that you can skip over it if you have not watched it yet because we're gonna go deep because devs I don't know what this is was incredible you don't know wait you didn't tell brian about devs brian no. you didn't hear about devs and me and anthony talking about it in like the group message i assume that we mentioned it in there at some point i don't think so okay so devs is on fx on hulu which i hate that name so much but it is a real thing um and wait. it what wait 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 you said FX on Hulu, meaning like FX has its own station only on Hulu? Correct. Like it's not on the TV station FX. That is also correct. Or the weird FXX station. No, it is neither on FX nor FXX. It is on FX on Hulu. Proceed. <laughs> <laughs> I just want, I, like, I'm not mad. I'm not making fun of you because I went through the exact same thing when they were announcing this a while back. I was like, but it's going to be on FX, right? Like, you just can also watch it on Hulu. And no, you cannot. You can only watch on Hulu. But it's from FX. I, uh, Perfect. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's infuriating. Regardless. Alex Garland, It's not TV. Garland. It's FX on Hulu. <laughs> <laughs> um, you can't even come up with the tagline. <laughs> so, Alex Garland wrote and directed every episode. He has been a novelist. He's been a screenwriter. He's been a director. He's he wrote the novel The Beach. He co-wrote, I believe, the screenplay is, that became the movie. Is the novel The Beach the same movie? The I mean, the same thing with Leonardo DiCaprio. The movie. Yes, yes. The he wrote the okay. novel. I believe he helped co-write the the screenplay for that uh, movie. He wrote another screenplay about some sort of apocalyptic situation with the sun burning out or something. I forget. I actually kind of want to see that one. I forget what it's called. He wrote 28 days later. He wrote and maybe secretly directed the dread reboot movie. And then he started writing and directing 
the movie Ex Machina, the movie Annihilation, which we have done on the show in the past. And he is now done. What was the title of that episode, Al? Uh, we have Focal Bang to Annihilation. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, and then now he's written and directed all of this eight-part single-season series, Devs. Um, it's starring Nick Offerman, Sonoya Mizuno, who's been in a couple his those two movies, Ex Machina and, and Annihilation, Allison Pill, and a couple of other people who you may or may not recognize from bit parts and other things. Um, it's yeah, I, about- just, I just pulled it up to see if maybe I wasn't thinking straight. I somehow have never heard of this at all. Like That's crazy. Because that, yeah. there was a lot of promotion for it when it was coming out because it was the thing that launched FX on Hulu. I think there's a couple of things now. It was the first. <laughs> yeah, every time you say that. <laughs> I know, but I have to say it because it's the thing. It's not Hulu. It's not FX. It's FX on Hulu. Um, yes, it's the stupidest thing in the world. I totally agree. Regardless, it's about a tech company with this super rich tech like billionaire who's played by Nick Offerman, who's got a secretive project within his company. And right in the, off the bat, they tell you um, one of the main characters, boyfriend who also works at the company, he dies. His death is mysterious and she doesn't like the answer she's gotten. She's going to look further into it. That is what's told to you on the front end when you're going to be starting watching the show. And where it goes from that is, oh boy. <laughs> yeah. It diverges greatly from that being the plot. <laughs> so, so much so that by the end, the title of the show is no longer what it started with. Right. So now okay. that we are deep into spoiler territory for devs. We will no longer be calling it devs because the show is Deus. Right. They decided that they, they, it was like this masked thing the whole time where technically, it, I mean, it's, yeah, it's there. It's in your face the whole time. It's a Roman U and it's, it looks like a V. So it's a little inside joke that they're playing with each other because tech gurus, tech uh, heads of tech companies think they're messiahs. <laughs> Recurring theme, um, which it's, is they run through that theme in many different ways throughout the course of the show including at one point, and I'm saying this because I know it's not going to kill you. Although, if ever, a, if ever a show Brian really shouldn't have been spoiled for, this might have been it. Yeah. Um, at one point, they literally look back in time and see Jesus Christ on the cross. Yeah. yeah. Like, ah, so confirm it, it, a historical Jesus Christ like, dying on the cross. It, in Let's, a comedic uh, fashion? Or is this no, a, no, no, no. This no, is very no serious. Here's what we're going to do. And Al's going like, to run us through a, like a religious show at all either. Al in in 10, 10 15 minutes tops, you're going to run us through devs only pausing for Brian's reaction and I will sit back. <laughs> oh, what just like the like the literal <laughs> plot of the show. everything. Yes, just go through it. Because I, I I Brian, ask as many questions as you want. <laughs> no, 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 engage. Engage. <laughs> because spoiling this for Brian will be very interesting. <laughs> This is going to be like the reverse version of when Brian called us up after watching Rise of Skywalker to ask us if all of the plot spoilers he read were correct. Right. Well, He's gonna, you're going to tell him something that is true. Brad's going to be like, is that what happened? And I'm going to have to say, yes. <laughs> is this going to be like when you told me Leia flew a TIE fighter into Rey? <laughs> that was pretty great. No. Yes. That, <laughs> that, was a, that was good. That, I enjoyed that. That was good. <laughs> uh, before you get started, my question is, you say they changed the title. Do they acknowledge the title of the show in the show? 
devs mean something in the show. So in the show, oh. the, whole, the whole point is uh, in this huge sprawling tech company, think of it as like part Google, part Apple, part whatever the fuck you want. Um, there is one specific department, one specific, one specific department. Called, <laughs> I don't know how that came out because that's not a word. Um, one specific <laughs> department called devs in which they do research and development, though no one outside of that department knows what they research and develop on. And so it's referred to as devs. But it's an inside joke between the two people who are actually running the department. And in the final episode, when everything's finally being laid bare to the main to all of the main characters, so everyone's on the same page, the Nick Offerman character, who is the CEO, says, I want to tell you a little secret. I've wanted to tell someone for so long. It's my own little joke. It's not actually devs. It's deus. The V is a Roman U. He goes, I just, I've always, I, he goes, I've had this like, it's like this little secret burning inside me that I've always wanted to, like a little child, want to be able to divulge to someone. And I'm glad I could tell you in this moment, you know what I mean? And so at the very end, when the credits roll in the final episode, it's, they swap the V for a real U and the show ends as Deus. It's pretty cool. It was, it, it, is, it played out really well. Is his character a serious role? Yes. Very, very serious. Yes. I'm going to have a hard time with that. Yeah, no, you're not going to because, and this is something if Vince Gilligan to, theory. The Vince Gilligan theory <laughs> on comedic actors. We've talked about a lot on this show. I don't know if you've heard them because it's not like it's every episode, although it's been pretty often. Vince Gilligan had a quote about the making of Breaking Bad. Someone asked him why so many of the roles in that show went to comedic actors. Brian Cranston, known for Malcolm in the Middle. Uh, Bob Odenkirk known from writing on Saturday Night Live, creating with Bob and Dave with David Cross on HBO. Um, what's it? Bill, Bill Burr. Bill Burr. <laughs> is uh, the the uh, mercenary Kubi. His partner was Huel. Uh, I forget the, the actor's name, but he's also a comedian. Um, they asked why so many of the roles were filled in a serious show, why so many roles were filled by comedic actors. And he said, well, I've always felt that if someone can make you laugh, they can make you cry. And so me and Anthony have come up with this stable of actors and actresses over time where we're like that comedic actor or actress would be great in a drama. If we ever make a movie or a TV show, these are the people that we want to be in serious roles for us. Nick Offerman has been fully and firmly added to that stable of actors and actresses. He totally crushes it in this. Tremendous. Absolutely tremendous. So the concept though, Explain the. I want. I just need Brian's reaction to the concept of the show. So you want me to literally give him a B- do B- it plot synopsis? Do it. Okay. Yes. First episode, we meet Lily. <laughs> In the beginning, we meet Lily. We meet Sergey, boyfriend girlfriend. They both work for Amaya Corp, the company that Nick Offerman's Forest runs. It his turns Forrest? out, Forest. His, his name his is Forest. I don't think we ever get oh. his last name. Not not Nick Offerman's apostrophe. <laughs> That, that's that's what I Though Nick Offerman in the show does have a forest. And, then, and Brian was like, this is like Animal Crossing. I'm going to watch it. I'm going to go shake those trees. <laughs> Don't shake those trees. They're wired. Wow. Yeah. Are they? Uh, anyway, Lily and Sergey work for Amaya Corporation. I think it was Amaya Corporation. Um, run by Forest, played by Nick Offerman. Is that phrased better? <laughs> 
Um, Amaya is the name of his daughter who has passed away at some point in the past. Traumatic experience for Forrest. We'll find out more about that later. Lily works in some sort of specifically coding. I forget what she did, actually. Was she in security? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, Sergey works in AI research. Right off the bat, Sergey has a huge presentation that's going to be to Forrest and his right-hand woman, um, what is what well, actually? What was Katie? Katie Mag- was her name. Oh no, definitely not no, Maggie. You called her Maggie. I always call her Maggie. <laughs> I do too. <laughs> Allison Pill, who was Maggie in the newsroom, she's playing Katie in the show. Um, I watch the newsroom either. Ah, uh, it's a great uh, show. Good show. That's um, worth your time. So they have this whole thing. Their AI can predict up to thirty seconds in the future the movements of a nematode with like a hundred percent accuracy, and so Forrest offers a job in devs. It is like the pinnacle of the company with, with no holds barred. Everyone wants to get into devs. No one knows what they do. So Sergey gets invited into devs. They sit down, uh, they walk to the thing. Lily sees them. I'm going to have to stop you a second. You said a nematode and I just, (laughs) that's what they looked for in like the TV show, Doug, right? They were looking for a nematode. Yes. (laughs) <laughs> All right, I, I can start focusing again. <laughs> anyway, Forrest personally walks. <laughs> wow, I was at a quick scene there. Forrest personally walks Sergey to devs. Lily sees him and realizes that the presentation went well because he got devs. They get there, they find out it's this huge bunker. There's a Faraday cage outside to block electronic in- interference. There's only one entrance in and out. Eight walls thick, con- eight feet walls, like thick of concrete. That was a terribly phrased sentence. Um, inside of that, there is eight feet thick walls. <laughs> yeah, that. Inside of that, there is a physical gap between the hallway entering and the inner sanctum. We'll call it. In between that physical gap is a vacuum seam- sealed room. An elevator goes across it with electromagnetism. Not so much an elevator as a side to sider. <laughs> yeah, that. Um, a lateralator. Um, a lateralator. A forward back machine. That that uh, I like lateralator. <laughs> I like lateralator. <laughs> um, they, he sits down, Sergey. He tells him, "You can work whatever the hell hours you want. I'm not going to tell you what the code does. I know you'll figure it out." Very, they put really big emphasis on him saying, I know you'll figure it out. So Sergey sits down and he's looking, and you can see time passing, even though there's no windows, you can't see or whatever. Actually, what was the big line? They walk in, there's a huge computer, some sort of computer apparatus in the middle of the room. And he Mm -hmm. says, how many cubits does that run? And Forrest says a number that like would be comically um, like not do justice like how like much yeah something would be like futile to express in a number or something yeah like that. yeah that, i think that was closer to to the quote um he sits down you can see this kind of passage of time because he's kind of shifting back and forth he's looking at the computer screen and he gets up and he walks into the bathroom and starts throwing up and you realize that what he has seen on the screen he has finally put two and two together what the code that they're working on it does and it made him physically ill and he comes back He's looking in the mirror. He cleans himself up, plays around with his watch. He sits down at the computer. Someone He asks someone, is this real? He asks Katie, is this real? Is this do, do what I think it does? And she says, yes. And he says, this changes everything. And she says, it changes nothing. And she walks away. 
he sitting at a very awkward angle like this while on his computer. And it's quite obvious to you and everyone else that his watch is capable of recording what's on the screen in front of him. He leaves devs at the end of the night. And as he walks through forests, forest, the lights turn on and there's forest in his forest. And he starts to explain to Sergey the theory of determinism that everything is set in motion Without choice, without divergence, everything that happens is happening for a reason and that nothing you do is your fault because you couldn't have done anything other than what you would have done. And so he tells Sergey, yes, I know that you have been using your James Bond wristwatch to steal my code. No, it's not your fault. I am giving you absolution. Does he actually call it James Bond wristwatch? Yes, yes he, he does. does use the phrase James Bond wristwatch, yes. Um, no further questions. Yes. <laughs> he says, it's not your fault. I'm giving you absolution. You could have only done what you did because we live in a deterministic universe. And so Sergei freaks out even more, tries to run away and gets tackled by a 70 year old man who strangles him to death with a plastic bag um, with Forrest and Katie watching. And then Lily wakes up, no boyfriend. They live together. Um, Confused, calls her friend, calls her mom, I want to say. I forget. Um, he goes missing for an entire day. He, She ends up seeing Forrest. Forrest says, we'll call the police. We'll check all of our internal footage, blah, blah, blah. They see the footage of him the next day walking back onto campus and... So creepy. Lighting himself on fire. We, The audience knows that's not true because we watched him get strangled to death, suffocated to death. Um, and Lily is Yet also confused. still in- tremendously intense when he pours gasoline onto his head and lights himself on fire. In the shadow this of... This is all in the first episode? All in the first episode. Yeah. In the shadow of the 300-foot-tall statue of Forrest's daughter Amaya in the most awkward pose. Which, by the way, I have to send you, Anthony, an article about the finale of the show because they asked Alex Garland about making that specific mm-hmm. statue. <laughs> is it a Ricky Bobby joke? No, I don't think so. Doesn't know what to do with his hands? No. Um, <laughs> anyway, that's basically the first episode. Is she's quite certain that he should not... Or does she end up meeting the ex-boyfriend in the first episode? Um, Jamie? I don't remember. It might be. Okay, now we're going to get bigger picture. She finds out that Sergei was a Russian spy. She hacks his phone, finds a Sudoku thing. Needs to crack the Sudoku app because she knows that he's he fucking hated Sudoku. So it has to be suspicious. She goes back to her ex-boyfriend, who's also a tech guy. He helps him crack open the app, finds out that it is a Russian spy. She's able to message the person who's his handler. She meets the handler. The guy, creepy guy who killed Sergei named Kenton follows her, follows the Russian spy. It's the second worst Russian spy in the world after Sergei. He kills the Russian spy in one of the most ridiculous ways I've ever seen anyone die in. Um... Go and then on. things get kind of bigger, and it's a much bigger vibe. Maybe no, no, crazy. no, no. Go back. What's the uh, most ridiculous way? <laughs> no, I feel like you need to see it. And doesn't he, he need to see it? I think you need to see it because there's only yeah. It has to be. It has to be experienced. It has experience is the right word because there's song playing over the top of it the whole time. Well, ninety nine percent of the time. Um, and uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, that head nod from is this from. What's that? What channel is this on? It's FX on Hulu. Oh, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> I thought he was doing it on purpose. <laughs> I wasn't doing it on purpose. I forgot. Oh, God. Amazing. So, 
we're going to like much bigger picture now for the rest of the show. Yeah. Lily may be crazy. Maybe she's not. She is. And she's trying to play Kent and find out why she's being lied to. They find footage of him. They, she brings it back to her hacker ex-boyfriend. They find out that the footage is fabricated, which we obviously knew. So she knows that he didn't actually kill himself. Uh, Kenton tries to have her committed in a, in a sand asylum. He succeeds temporarily. He breaks the shit out of Jamie's hand and also drowns him, temp- kind of like nearly drowns him a whole bunch. Swirly. Um, Gives him a swirly. We start to find out what the, the devs actually does because we start to get a bigger picture of Forrest and Katie and two other people, Lyndon and Stuart, who are the kind of triumvirate of people who work on it full time. It's a machine that runs a program that can simulate to perfect, near perfect, perfect simulation of everything that has happened, is happening, and will happen. So they look back in the past and they see Jesus Christ on the cross. As their program gets better, they can hear him speaking in Aramaic. Um, Stuart and Lyndon get a little wild and say, let's look at some other things in history, like Marilyn Monroe having sex with Arthur Miller. Um... They look into the future and they see Lily dying on the floor of devs. And we know this is in the very near future, but we don't know exactly how near. And we start to come to find that for whatever reason, they can look at any moment in the past and any moment in the present and any moment in the future up to Lily dying and not a single second past there. They don't know why. And that's what consumes Forrest and Katie. Lyndon gets fired because he applies a many worlds or uh, algorithm to it, which doesn't track with the determinism that Forrest subscribes to. Uh, So he fires Lyndon, tells them they can only make it work with determinism. We find out that the reason that this whole project exists is because Forrest's wife and daughter died in a car crash while in eyesight of him down the street coming home after work. And he feels responsible because he was talking to her on the phone while she was driving the car and she was teed up by someone who ran a stop sign. God, it, th- that scene, we're going to pause there for a second, because that scene is super intense. Because not only, it, like, you don't really know what's coming, I guess, like, right away. I, I, I called it as I, because the stop sign is very big, so you can call it if you're really paying attention. But uh, the wife is driving the car, and Amaya's in the back seat, and she's on the phone with him, and He's, she's like, can't we? Like, I'm gonna be home in a second. Like, he's like, I know, I could see you. So, like, can't we finish this like conversation when I get there? You know, I hate talking on the phone while I'm driving. Bang. And it's like, oh my god! <laughs> and that's when you start to lose your mind, much like Forrest. Also, one of the most visually stunning things you'll ever see because that scene isn't shown in a flashback. It's seen while Katie is using the machine to watch the past through the many worlds algorithm, and you see all of the different variations of how the scene could have gone. There's the car crashing into him fatally, the car crashing into him non-fatally, the car missing it by an inch forward, a minute missing it by an, an inch in, behind it, the car stopping for real. All of these different things, and they overlay each of the things as they unfold, so all of these things end up on screen together. And we like find the same scene plays out in a hundred different ways at the same time. It's, they, it's, it's a crazy visual stunt. And they do this in a couple of different ways. They do the same thing as she's watching. She's rewatching the scene of when Katie and Forrest first met for the first time, when she storms out of a college class in which Forrest told the instructor to 
intentionally provoke her and see what her response was. And she storms out and, you know, a bird like shits on her shoulder in one of them. And then she walks to the left in one of them. She walks to the right in the other. She gets a call in another one. And they show all these things and how Forrest might have not caught up to her and never met her. And they may never have gotten together and started this whole project to begin with. And all the different ways that, and they show there's like 18 different Katie's on the front steps of the, the whole thing with all these different things. And then they cut through the illusion when, cause the one real true one that happened was Forrest meeting her in the way that he did. And they mm. show through all of these things. And you realize as Katie and Forrest begin to explain, and they get into a little bit more of the backstory of what they're going into, but that's not super important to this conversation. But the crux of it is Forrest wants to prove that the universe is deterministic because it means that he holds zero responsibility for his wife and daughter's death. Because if there were different ways that the thing could have played out, then that means there could have been culpability that he could have done something different and they wouldn't have died. Right. So it's such an intense, it's like one of those, it's a crazy concept. Forrest is like really out there and you're not really sure how you feel about him. And like in that moment, you just feel so sorry for him. Like it's, it's very dark. Because he, he poses it as he's on the witness stand. The machine is the judge. And he says, and Katie's the jury. And she says, no, I'm the witness for the defense. Or I'm, the, I'm the, the representation for the defense. And I would like to make my first argument for you. And so the whole mm-hmm. thing is the two of them trying to get this machine working to find out whether or not it's his fault that his wife and daughter died. Um, in the meantime... She got, like I said, Lily got committed. Jamie breaks her out. The two of them decide to go on the run. They decide going on the run's not going to actually work for them. They come back and they just decide, let's just have it out with Forrest and Katie. Because Forrest and Katie have been so consumed with this near event in which Lily will die and their ability to see the future ceases to exist, they know that they will be meeting her. They know that there's nothing they can do. They're not going to try and kill her then because that's not what happens in the future. They sit down and have this conversation, but in the meantime, Kenton, the security guard, feels betrayed by all of this. He says, oh, so I guess they're all best friends now, and he decides to roll up, and he murders Jamie as well, and is about to murder Lily until the homeless guy who lives outside Sergey and Lily's apartment, who has had a couple of moments with Kenton, comes in and murders the shit out of Kenton, thank God. Uh, we find out that that homeless guy was also a Russian spy who was supposed to protect Russian him. spies all over the place in the show. He was supposed to, he was really? supposed to protect Sergey. He failed in his mission and he fa- he protected Lily because of her spirit and her goodness. And essentially um, they, he gives her two options. You can leave with me and you can head to Hong Kong, which is a non-extradition, uh, non-extradition well, country. Come with me if you want to live scenario. Well, it's only come with me for about five seconds and then go go live with your mother in <laughs> Hong Kong because they'll never send you back to the U.S. Or you can go to the CIA and they'll know how to deal with Forrest and, you know, you're not going to have a normal life, but maybe things will get sorted out. And she decides to do the one thing she had decided not to do, which is return to Debs the next night. So to, just to, to recap there, what is potentially missing is that they, uh, Forrest and Katie told Lily that she's going to come there that night and she's decides I'm just not going to do it. And, and then, and fuck your whole theory. There it is. It's broken because I'm just not going to do it. And then somehow she ends up going anyway. And then it's like, did she choose to go because she was distraught? 
did she not choose to go because this is just how it's working out and you're playing through this all in your head as you're watching it like what is like what are they trying to say with this show are they claiming that the universe is deterministic and that it's just going to happen and the your frustration watching it is that you don't actually have free will and you can't wrap your head around that concept Hmm. it's it's a it's very interesting in the meantime linden had been fired linden's also what a 16 year old boy um Lyndon was fired and then was going to try and convince his way back into the whole thing. But Forrest and Katie saw that through the future, knew that he would be waiting in the back of Katie's car. Katie and Lyndon go on a drive to some dam. And the whole thing was the argument again over determinism versus multiple worlds. Lyndon gets up on the top of the dam and says, there's a million different, you know, Katie tells you there's a million different worlds in which you fall, you survive, whatever you're going to prove to me whether which one is true. And he says, well, are you going to tell me which one is true? Am I going to fall or not? And he goes, she says, I can't tell you that it would affect the outcome. And of hmm. course, Lyndon falls and dies. The big upset in this is that she didn't push him. Rip. Cause I just assumed he, she was going to push him. Mm-hmm. Um, Katie leaves and heads back to devs. Forrest is waiting is also returning to devs. Stuart, the old man who was Lyndon's best friend, was also waiting at devs has become totally disillusioned with everything they're doing. Cause he, I mean, he's always known that they were looking at the past, present and future. Um, he realizes there's still one more step to all of this. He recites a poem from something by someone. And no, I don't remember what either of those things are <laughs> totally failing you in my role here of uh, narrator of this whole story, I guess. Um, <laughs> Forrest goes in, then Lily comes in. It was absolutely like a scene in a video game, like an RPG when you show up and there's some old guy hanging outside of a cave who tells you, you know, to continue the quest, you have to do this and that. (laughs) And he he lets her through. And then she sits down with Forrest. He tells her that he's going to show her the future as it comes up, that they didn't quite tell her the whole story, that not only was she going to show up this night and that their ability to see the future was going to end, it was going to culminate with her death. And she said, well, that's kind of something I would have liked to know ahead of time. And he says, well, let's roll the tape because that's going to happen in like 20 minutes. And they roll the tape over <laughs> the next 20 minutes. Um, this is when he tells her the little joke about it being deus, not devs, and explains to her that this whole machine can see everything about the future. And what it reveals to her about her immediate future is she's going to walk out. She's going to walk past Katie. Katie's going to let them get onto the lateral leader. They're going to get in the lateral leader. <laughs> <laughs> She's going to. She made a. Um, she made a, a comment about how, um, like tech, like billionaires think they're messiahs, and when they're in the lateral leader, Forrest says to her, "The thing about messiahs is, they are they're martyred and they are reborn with, you know, like as like then deified or whatever." And then she shoots him in the head. It breaks the seal of that vacuum. The whole electromagnetic field fails and the lateral later falls and then she dies as well. The lateral later becomes an immediate escalator. <laughs> that only goes down. Um, <laughs> I, I like the term lateral later. <laughs> yeah, I do too. That's why I keep saying it. <laughs> um, and it ends with the, the thing that we've seen since when their image was fuzzy to when it became crystal clear that she falls, she crawls and she dies. Um, so then they end this thing and she says, when is this all going to happen? He says, we don't have very long. And they make chit chat for a, 12 seconds and then they get up they walk out the room and it starts to play out and as she gets on the ladder later with Forrest and the doors close behind her she throws the gun out of the ladder later 
The doors close. Forrest and Katie are horrified and confused. Forrest and, and Katie, who like are um, almost, it's almost like a cult. Like they're so they're fanatics. They're like religious fanatics, and they're they believe in this thing so much that her throwing the gun out and breaking the pattern that they've that they've watched a million times over completely shuts them down for a second. There, Forrest has no fear of dying. Kitty doesn't want him to die because she's in love with him, but knows he has to. And so when she throws the gun out of the ladder later and thus can't kill him, it shocks and breaks them worse than if she had succeeded in killing him. And so the ladder later goes on and she twists the line back and she says, you know, the thing about messiahs is people who call themselves messiahs are fucking crazy. (laughs) (laughs) And they nearly reach the other side and Stuart's still standing there and he punches in a secret code and breaks the vacuum seal and the both of them fall to their death anyway. (laughs) 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 Multi, many worlds, right? But still the Mm -hmm. same outcome. They both die after a fall through the thing. And Katie's, you would think actually probably in that moment that Katie would be pleased because they still ended the same way, but she's not because it didn't go exactly the way it was supposed to. And she says, Stuart, what'd you do? And he goes, Oh yeah, I just this is insane what we're doing. I I can't let this happen. <laughs> now, y'all are crazy. I'm out. <laughs> brief pivot because in that moment, you know, they after that whole scene resolves, they they kind of pan out, and Katie's on the other side of the thing, and Stuart leaves. I assumed it was ending the same way as Ex Machina, where she's trapped inside, and I was like, man, he has mm. like a fetish with people getting trapped inside of high tech things. Um, <laughs> We're all inside the computer. (laughs) Yeah, it doesn't end up being the case. What ends up happening is we start to see Forrest in this very white, neutral background thing. He keeps flashing back to the moment he's dying. He's confused. He's thrown off. And we find out that Deus actually wasn't about seeing the past, present, and the future. It was about proving this machine's ability to predict the whole system. They kept being a line about it's in the system. Now we're in the system. Now Basically it simulates the entire it, system. It's, it's the simulation was able to account for all variables in a way that no other computer possibly ever could, which is why they could get such accurate simulations of past, present and future. And we find out that what Deus actually was about, and it's something I had been wondering about for a while because they kept showing this weird, like pentagram ritual thing around this dead rat. And I'm like, at some point, this has to be about them bringing the rat back to life because they're going to try and bring Amaya back to life. And I was like 80% correct because what it really was about is if they could simulate to such accuracy past, present, and future, they have such an unconscionable amount of data on all of these things. Deus actually was about creating an entirely new universe within it. And she uploads Forest and Lily's consciousness to the Deus simulation in which they could run a simulation that was as real as reality because he says, so it's Deus. And she says, yes. Um, Basically what they're saying is that that world is as true and real as the real world. And so Lillian Forrest are given a choice to live however they want within the system, knowing that, that reality is just as valid as the reality they came from, but also knowing that in the sub structure, there was many worlds that were running on Lindum's algorithm. So there's a million horrific lives that the two of them 
would have to lead, but the only one, while they have to be aware of those things, the only one they have to experience is the utopic one that the two of them earned. Forrest for proving, essentially, that it wasn't his fault that his wife and daughter died, and Lily for proving that there could be another way. Mm-hmm. That sounds like the end of Source Code. I never saw that. I never saw it either. Is that is that so, worth the watch? Never mind. No, I know the movie you're talking about. I just I never saw it. No. Um, um, essentially, like it's a guy that was he was a U.S. soldier, I believe, and he was very close to death, and they were able to keep like his brain alive, and they put him into a simulation mm. of something that happened to try to figure out what happened. Yeah, it was and before like a he, nuclear bomb went off or something, right? Um, some kind of terrorist attack on I think a train. And he figures it out. He only has like 90 seconds or whatever it was each time to figure it out. Figures it out and then like lives out in the simulation instead of dying in the real world. Yeah. yeah the, the, it's crazy. Like when, when it came down to the end in devs, I feel like it, 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 there's all, all of this simulation theory and then you can play it out. And because you've had such detail in getting to this point of them figuring out, you're like, Oh, the story is like the inception of simulation theory. And then it's like, or is it <laughs> because you, <laughs> because you don't actually know, you can't know. Uh, it's just, it, it was just, it plays out so well. I feel like it was just a tremendous television show and like, or not television show, but its own unique mini series, limited series, whatever eight part movie. It was so good. Yes, a Nick, very Nick uh, Offerman uh, looks ridiculous. In oh, that. he looks absurd. It's, it's the worst hair ever. He looks very, <laughs> very crazy. Uh, but yeah, that that sh- that I was completely hooked every minute of that show. It's funny because it was eight episodes. The first four are so utterly and completely riveting, mm-hmm. and the second half is different because it changes from, I mean, there's always about us. This whole show has been about establishing a certain philosophy, aesthetic, and a vibe that you're experiencing while watching it. Mm-hmm. And, but the first four is very scheme driven plot, not in the plot in the sense of like the advancement of story, but just like there's things going on. Right. And then the back half of the show is so about just immersing yourself in the world that's created just in the sense of this is like I said, unlike anything I've ever watched before and Mm. just being in it. And it at times, despite it having a really compelling story, the story just doesn't matter. It's just like you're enjoying this audio visual smorgasbord that's been offered to you. It looks gorgeous. It sounds amazing or horrifying, mm-hmm. depending on the moment you're in. It's a really jarring show in what you see, and especially in what you hear. Um, and it's intentional. There are moments where you can say, oh, wow, it's obvious that you're intentionally trying to make me uncomfortable right now. Right. right. One of the things that I really, really enjoyed about the finale, the, like, the, last, the finale of the finale, the last like five, ten minutes of the show, is when we are in the simulation this pseudo utopia with Lily and Forrest being alive and Amaya's alive. And so is Forrest's wife and everybody's kind of happy and Sergey and Jamie and Sergey and Jamie. And there's there, what I really enjoyed about it, which is very interesting. There's, I want to rewatch it and I want to also like, see if anybody's done like an Easter egg clip, there's a lot of other things in there. So 
the three a few that I I spotted were um Lyndon and uh what's the other guy's name? Stuart. Lyndon and Stuart are not inside of devs. They just work at the company and they're mm-hmm. friends and they're sitting outside working together. Uh Lily's boss doesn't have prosthetic legs anymore. Yeah, you know, it's funny because when she was walking, I was like, oh, wait, was that the one? And she had normal legs. I was like, oh, maybe it was a different person. No, they, she doesn't have them anymore. It's 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 great. And then um, Kenton is actually still alive. See, I missed him. I didn't see him. He's either. he's a silhouette. So there's a they're rebuilding uh, the lateral later and he's standing yeah. guard. Well, it must be a different scene. lateral. Later it's a different. I. Yeah, it's that's why it's very strange. Well, because the whole point is that at the end, when she goes up to devs, it doesn't exist. It's just an open mm-hmm. field. Right, which leads me to believe that Katie also created her own and got herself into that one. And she has a conversation with the, uh, with was she a congresswoman? Senator or congressman. Senator, yeah. who like to keep the machine on. And I thought that that conversation was just to keep it powered so that she can fully carry this whole thing out. I believe part of it is because she's not going to be able to do it because she's going in too. <laughs> that's that's kind of what I got out of it because she's also living this. It seems like there's another fantasy that she's living where other people are alive. There's, there's, there's other splits going on that we can't really decipher because we don't have all of the details. But they're there. There's pieces of it. Uh, it's very cool. It's a really, really well done show. It's a hell of a show. It's. I don't know if Kristen would like it. I don't really know what her tastes are, but uh, it's something that if you have the time to, it's One only eight episodes. It's a hell of a watch. Hell yeah, of a- I'll check it out. Um, you had mentioned something that kind of triggers something I want to tell you guys. So you said they go back and they see Jesus. Do you know that they're making a sequel to The Passion of the Christ? And yes. that's not a Family Guy joke. No. Yes, I'm aware. That's... That's something. I think we talked about it on the show. With Gary? Maybe. I think we talked about it with Gary. Maybe. Um, That's... But yeah, um, it was just the point of, <laughs> like, you know, having a historical reference for something so far back, you know what I mean? And it's, you mm-hmm. know, it's one of those things like, oh, was it real? Was it not? And in this case, it's not making a pitch or a plea in any way, shape, or form for any form of religion. Just saying, hey, there is a historical moment in which Jesus Christ dies on the cross. And it's a reference point to that. And then, like I said, they jump to more modern history and then they jump to the future. Um, it, it, like I said, it's just a hell of an experience. I'm glad it was only one season, despite how much I loved it. Um, yeah. The other thing me and Anthony have talked about um, in, in recent episodes, we'll, we'll clue you in on this as well. Um, they've all basically said it's all but confirmed. Well, I'm sure it'll be delayed now with this. Um, Alex Garland is writing a whole new season of television for FX on Hulu. Um, featuring the same main cast. They're all going to come back. It's not going to be, at least to this point, they've said it's not going to be an anthology in the same world, but an anthology in which all of the main cast will be returning to do an entirely new show together. Interesting. That being said, if you skipped Dev's talk, welcome back. The other thing that we need to talk about before getting into fun and games is Better Call Saul because oh. the Better Call Saul Better Call Saul season finale just happened. There's it was uh, picked up obviously for its final season, uh, which is coming in sometime in 2021. It was a super intense episode and ended in a, with a cliffhanger that I wasn't expecting. I didn't. I don't recall other seasons being as cliffhangery as this. Is that? Am I wrong? Am I crazy? Or am I just not remembering it right? Um. It depends on the particular storyline, and it depends on what how you define a cliffhanger. Because I didn't really think any of this was a cliffhanger 
Um, unless you're just specifically referring to the Lalo thing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, he so he survives and he's going to enact revenge. Like, that's not really a cliffhanger. Well, the, the, well, there it, sure it is because there's a lot, there's a lot left in there. <laughs> sure <it is. laughs> he's he's alive. Other people are gonna think he's gone. There's another character that ran off that we we know from Breaking Bad, but we don't know how how we're gonna bridge the gap from now to there. So there's gonna be something interesting there. We got some hints about certain characters that came in towards the end of Breaking Bad and how they're gonna start to factor in earlier on, or maybe how they became part of the the whole equation so like there's a lot there was a lot of things that they just started in that final episode and that in my death but like that's a cliffhanger they, I don't they know. left for, those for things dangling in front of a you cliffhanger would have been lalo getting shot and you don't know if he survived or died mm. not walks, just a cliffhanger like he walks away so it's not really a cliffhanger <laughs> i think we're we are splitting hairs but there's no resolution there's well, the resolution is he's on the warpath, like, like, and that's, I guess, that's what I'm saying. Like that, there's been a million shows that've ended that way. I wouldn't classify that as a. I don't think it's the same as how they've ended other seasons, though. It, this seems unique for this series, unless I'm just not remembering the other seasons. But season I, I don't view that any way. differently than last season. Jimmy ending up in the courthouse, getting his law- license back, and we know that he's going to do Saul things now. Like, I viewed those very much the same way. Oh, interesting. Yeah, I I don't. I think that the uh the, the the intensity of and of like the imminent danger is more is feels like a cliffhanger to me. Well, the only difference I think is that one is physical danger and one is more existential, but I thematically I I view them as as like mirror images of each other. Interesting. Right? It's, you know, it's oh, something's going to happen now, but it's like we can wait to find out what those things are because it's not a moment in time. It's going to be hmm. a whole thing. It's going to run a season or two, like Jimmy becoming Saul and, oh God, Saul is a real person now. Mm-hmm. Is a whole thing that's going to govern the next two seasons ending the show. Lalo being alive and knowing who gunned for him and knowing how they gunned for him is going to govern the entire final season. Mm-hmm. Well, the it was very well done. You know what? Uh, Sorry, I was say just on the topic of cliffhanger finale. Didn't they end the one season? Was it season three? Didn't that end with Mike trying to kill Hector Salamanca and the horn ringing in the desert and him running back and finding the note oh, in his car? That's a cliffhanger. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That was that was too for sure. Um, the uh, one thing that we've been talking about. Uh, at throughout the past few episodes and probably like maybe, maybe more so because I think we were probably talking about it last season as well. Uh, Al's theory that I am subscribed to that the show is not Jimmy's Breaking Bad as much as it is Kim's Breaking Bad, which is 100% what has happened. Totally <laughs> fucking nailed it. And if like, where is the Emmy? Like, <laughs> the- oh my God. So, so, so this week, um, Adnan Verk, who has this, well, he has a couple of podcasts. One of them I listen to every week uh, called GM Shuffle. Uh, it's him and a former GM in the NFL, Mike Lombardi, who have a, I think it's during the seasons, bi-weekly, during the off-seasons, a weekly show. Really good. They have really great chemistry together. Both, you know, one of them worked in the NFL for 30 years or whatever. The other guy is a huge NFL fan, worked for ESPN for a long time covering it. Um, but he also has another, his real passion is movies. 
and he has a podcast called Cinephile, and he had Ray Seahorn on um, this week, and I haven't got a chance to listen to the episode because I've never listened to any of his movie podcasts at all, but I w- really want to listen to this episode because he had her on. They've been banging the drum for her, or at least Adnan's been banging the drum for her to win an Emmy along about the same amount of time as we have. Um, she's incredible. She's been better every single season of the show. The character's been better every single season of the show. She's crushed it the last two seasons. Oh my god! Her real the last two episodes. Well, oh my god! Of <laughs> and, and you know what? And I want to get to it at, right after. It. So is Bob Odenkirk. Oh last, yeah, like, three episodes as well. Because it feels like earlier in the season he kind of was just being Jimmy slash Saul. The last three episodes he or four episodes he's crushed it in like mm-hmm. wildly different ways every week. But her real coming out party onto the whole scene was last season when she totally excoriates Howard when he goes through the whole conversation about the will and Chuck and Jimmy. And she just keeps going and going and going and elevating to the point where she's just like, I don't know how he didn't literally melt into like a puddle at the end of that conversation. This season, she ratchets it up even more, not just in like a big sense, even in a lot of her subtle work, but the moment that totally solidified my theory as you saw it, right. Is, when she finger guns him the way he did in the finale. And I was like, oh my God, the monster that he's created. How? Yeah. How is this possible? Oh God. <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> because and we had we had the week before, the like, because we, we don't know what happens to Kim. We don't know what happens to Kim. And it gets really real with her and, and him and Lalo. And it's like, oh my God, is this it? Does she die here? Right. To make Jimmy pay. And she she doesn't. She totally fucking. I think I saw someone say she she verbally pants Lala. It's a tremendous way. great. She totally like dressed him down in a way that I can't even describe uh-huh. or fathom. But uh, you know, even when that scene's over, it's like okay, but she could. She's in the game. She could still end up dead, even in this finale. And I was like, but could you at this point when they've they've come out and said? She was meant to be a support character. We didn't have a plan for her. And then we realized, oh my God, she is an equal star to this show alongside Jimmy and Mike. And she becomes this full-fledged lead of the show alongside the two of them. And Mm -hmm. can you afford to kill her off before the final season? Like, it would be a hell of a move. And I would respect the hell out of it. But like... How can you squander that when she didn't get enough opportunity in the first two seasons that have only really been given an opportunity to strut it in the fourth yeah. season? Oh man, she she really she she really brings it, especially in this the, the, that that finger guns thing was amazing. <laughs> like my jaw dropped when she did it. <laughs> I was, like you're like oh this is a fun joke the whole time, and, and then you start to get uncomfortable, and then you realize that you're just a mirror of Jimmy that in that scene, and he's getting uncomfortable, and then when she does that, you're like. Oh my god, she's crazy. <laughs> yeah, you know what? I'm, oh fuck! Damn it! I, there's a reference I want to make so badly here, and I can't do it to you because you haven't seen the show. Can you please go find Kim and have her take your seat for the next five minutes? <laughs> Is this a Scrubs thing? <laughs> no, it's a Dexter thing. I need to talk uh, to you. Okay. Instead of you. <laughs> <laughs> I oh man, Dexter or Scrubs. 
oh, well, you're definitely missing out on Scrubs. Um, uh, oh my god! But anyway, this, this show really good. But the one thing I actually wanted to talk about, other than that, that was there was two pieces of this of this puzzle. That was one of them. Um, I, just all the awards next season, give them to her. And we're good here. We're and, all done. and him too. I mean, we went him. from sure the episode where he's, do I want to be friend of the cartel? He goes scorched earth on Howard. That mm-hmm. scene, uh, as soon as it was over, all of the, everyone online, and I was like, you know what? You guys are right. Yeah, this is Stahl Goodman's version of the I am the one who knocks speech. And of yeah. course, his was a bigger and showier version, right? You know, lightning mm-hmm. bolts fly from my fingertips. So it's like, Jesus Christ. Yeah. Um, we go from that, the bravado, to the next episode, him in the desert. And he gets one big line, and you know, why? So that they can find a corpse with a mouthful of piss. Which I yeah. fucking lost it, <laughs> um, but you know that you know it's a much quieter, more vulnerable, fragile, and broken Saul Goodman that we see trudging through the desert in loafers, um, carrying two sacks of cash, uh, culminating with him running through the desert with again the cash and that spaceman blanket, which I totally lost the the importance of that until like the very end. I was like, oh, mm-hmm. now I get why he turned it down. Um, to then the next episode, him broken man haunted past, um, and, uh, trying to figure out how like, you know, PTSD is a real thing and, uh, it's fucking him up at the courtroom. And then to the final episode where it's like, you know, he he goes back to scorched earth against Mike. Totally not the person who's going to bow down to that. He's right. Broken and vulnerable with. Kim and he finally tells her the real, real truth in his fear after Lalo leaves. And we, you know, it always feels like Kim was the audience surrogate for Jimmy's chicanery. And yes, I did that on purpose. And in that moment, it flips. And now Jimmy is the audience surrogate as she goes totally yep. off the rails. And we feel yeah, like her. So like, where did she? Where did this Kim come from? So the uh, like I said, aside from aside from the Kim aspect of it, the last week's episode was might as well have been a standalone movie. The way that it was shot, the way that it was executed, you needed no outside context from either side of the storyline. It was just an insanely good episode of television. It was so good. It's Jimmy lost. In, was it was last week or two weeks ago. Jimmy lost in the ago. desert it, uh, with Mike, these two guys trying to survive the night in the desert with a guy hunting them. And it's just like the way that plays. Like, that was amazing. That was a, that was cinematic. That was it was a movie. It was not basic television. <laughs> it was unreal. And it, <laughs> it really like that. Like I was I feel like I was on the edge of my seat that entire episode. And like I wanted to just dissect every scene. It was just so good. And How many seasons the, of that show are they, did they do? This is this was six or five. This was I five. Think this was the fifth, and the next season this is the final season, the sixth season. Right. Did this go on longer than you would have expected it to? Well, or they originally yeah. said originally they said there's no way it goes nearly as long as Breaking Bad, and now I think it's going to actually outstrip it by a couple of episodes. I and watched that the show. Oh wow. Hmm. Um, and. You know, starting in the third season, I started to ask the question. I think a lot of people have been starting to ask the question. Is this show as good as Breaking Bad? Might it be better than Breaking Bad? I think it's 
become pretty <laughs> clear cut in the fourth and fifth season that this show is better than Breaking Bad, which is a phenomenal show, which just mm. shows you how good that this one is. They're very different yeah. shows, but there's a there's well, I loved Breaking Bad almost the entire way through. Um, though uh, usually finales finales can be um, divisive, and uh, I did, I thought it was. The finale was pretty decent. I liked the way that it ended. I will say that there's a certain, there's a something to the the way that Breaking Bad ended and the way that it was shot, and the amount of episodes and like how they paced through the story. That it's it's a little it's a little bumpy. It's not bad. There's just it, there's just something a little bit off about how it, it about the finale and execution where I feel like we've been like setting up for a finale the entire time with this, and we know that there's we know that there's an the story after it. So like it's I guess it's like a smaller world to wrap up that makes it feel I feel like there's it's not there's no way that this is as bumpy as that. I feel like it's going to be a super smooth ending to Saul, which is going to end up really edging it out over Breaking Bad for me. I think we'll see how it plays out. I know we've been saying since before this season came out, might there be a chance that a substantial amount of the final season takes place in the future because Mm -hmm. we know that eventually we'll have to get resolution to the future storyline. Um, and so Brian, I know you, so you said you never watched any breaking bad other. No. So at the end of that, you know, Saul's character gets away. There's a line during breaking bad where he says, a cat just walked right by my back door. <laughs> I don't have a cat. In the house? <laughs> no. There, There is a, a line in late, rather late, I think, in the Breaking Bad run where Saul says to Walter White that, you know, if I ever have to get out of this game, I'll probably end up as, like, the the manager of a Cinnabon in Omaha, Nebraska, or something like that. The first season of Better Call Saul picks up in black and white, and he is living under an alias in Omaha, Nebraska, as the manager <laughs> of the Cinnabon in a, in, a, in a mall. And every season picks up with a three to ten minute run of black and white of him in the future. And the final season, I feel like they're going to have to bookend the first and last episode. Yeah, I imagine so. Because I, I, I know we said, you know, oh, like they might do a substantial. At this point, the way that this season played out, I actually don't think that's the case. There still seems like an awful lot of story to tell. But I mm-hmm. do think they have to give maybe the whole finale would be. That could be interesting. But that means potentially means wrapping up certain characters earlier, which would be a shame. Well, what's the difference <laughs> between nine and ten episodes? You know what I mean? Yeah. For sure. Uh, anyway, very much looking forward to that final season uh, next year. But that's enough news and nuggets. I think it's time for fun and games. <laughs> I agree. So I've got a quiz here. Ten questions, guys. Not as bad as last week. Was it last <laughs> week? There was one week where there was like 30 questions. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, I will say that I went to I went through like two of these, maybe three. One of them that I went through, went through the entire quiz. It was 15 questions. I was like, this is borderline, you know, too much. And then it wanted me to take a short survey before giving me the result. And I was like, enough, (laughs) enough the questions. So we are going to do this one from Buzzfeed. Which Will Smith character are you? You both can take it. So pick a color. 
black, red, pink, yellow, blue, well, or how, purple? How are we answering this? Just, just answer it. I have two oh, separate quizzes like, going. Yeah. Okay. Uh, this cat's looking at me. He's trying to take a picture. Damn it, it ran away. <laughs> black, red, pink, yellow, blue, or purple? Black. Uh, yeah, black. Okay. Well, black, black's not a color. It's no, it is not. Oh, color, fuck but... you. Uh, pick, <laughs> pick an app. Pokemon Go, WhatsApp, Reddit, Tinder, Uber, Snapchat. Reddit. Mm, I guess Reddit. Okay. Pick a squad member. Katana, Killer Croc, Rick Flag, Captain Boomerang, Harley Quinn, or El Diablo? Uh, um, I don't freaking know. Boomerang. What do you got, Brian? May I hear the choices again? <laughs> Katana, Killer Croc, Rick Flag, Captain Boomerang, Harley Quinn, or El Diablo? Is Rick Flag a thing, or is this wrestler Ric Flair that you're pronouncing wrong? No, Rick it's Rick Flag. Flag. Joel, Joel Kinnaman character from Suicide Squad. All right, cool. Let's go with that because I got excited when I thought about Rick Flair. Fair enough. All right, Woo! pick a song. Switch, Miami, Men in Black, Summertime, Getting Jiggy With It, Party Starter. Oh my God, those were songs. Can you run through them again? Sorry. Um, Switch, okay. Miami, Men in Black, Summertime, Getting Jiggy With It, Party Starter. Party Starter for sure. Miami. All right. All of them are. Do you listen to Party Starter? No, I don't think so. I mean, you might I, change I, your answer if you do. I'm sure I have. <laughs> uh, pick a leading lady. Charlize Theron, Margot Robbie, Vivica A. Fox, Nicole Scherzinger, Eva Mendez, Gabrielle Union. What movie was Nicole Swartz, whatever the hell, the Pussycats doll girl? I'm, I'm, I'm not sure. In the picture, <laughs> she's holding a cake and there's a... She's in like a metal room and... Uh, I don't know. From Columbia Pictures? All right. Uh, what was the last choice? I got too hung up on, on her. Gabrielle Union? I like Gabrielle Union. I'll go with her. Okay. Eva Mendes. Okay. Apparently, she's in Men in Black 3. Yeah. Oh, is that what that was? I guess that could be. That, that looks like it could be a Men in Black movie. Pick a Banks family member. Philip, Vivian, Carlton, Hillary, Ashley, Nikki. I mean. Is anyone gonna pick like Ashley or something? Like, I mean, I'm going. You gotta go good old Uncle Phil. Fair enough. Carlton. All right. Here we go. Wow. Okay. <laughs> Al, you got Hitch. Nice. Which you'll take. Uh, they, unfortunately, this is not one of the ones that gives you like a fun little blurb at the end explaining why. But that's who you are. You're uh, Hitch. That's and disappointing. Brian, you're Hancock. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would be. <laughs> All right. Oh boy. Oh boy. Success. Uh, all right. Not, not so bad. We got. We, at least you guys got different results. But by the way, her character name in Men in Black Three, Boris's girlfriend. Nice. Wow. All right. Real, real big role she had there. With that, let us get into our flick of the week. Wild Wild West, released in 1999, rated PG-13, at an hour and 46 minutes. Your IMDb. Synopsis. His name's West, Jim West, a desperado. He's a rough rider. He doesn't want nada. You're reading the fucking. <laughs> I was curious how far I would have to go before one of you noticed. <laughs> 
All right. Uh, actual IMDb synopsis. The two best special agents in the Wild West must save President Grant from the clutches of a diabolical, wheelchair-bound, steampunk-savvy Confederate scientist bent on revenge for losing the Civil War. What a tremendous written-out plot. <laughs> <laughs> One of the more accurate ones, I guess. I, definitely. Because there's been times where we read these and we're like, that's that wasn't the movie that we watched at all. <laughs> Yeah, not really. But not this case. Not in this case. One of the things that um, I wanted to do this time around was uh, was was also dive into the taglines early on because some of these are gems for movies uh, that we've missed in the past. But I'll give you the ones for this one. Uh, it doesn't get wilder than this. Now, just imagine that <laughs> plastered over one of those absurd movie posters. And, uh, and then two variants of this one. It's a whole new West, July 99. And then the other, on July 2nd, it's a whole new West. They were clearly dead set on that phrase <laughs> for the taglines. But uh, Al, why don't, you, uh, why don't you give me your tweet length review? This is a quintessential good-bad movie. Is it? Ooh, fair enough. Okay, Brian, what, what about you? Do you have a tweet length review for us? Um, I don't think so. no no, that should be the review (laughs) uh mine was a steampunk western that is either very clever or very insensitive yet i enjoy every minute Uh, very insensitive (laughs) wait 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 can i just say it can be both in fact i'll go so far as to say at times it is both it is both Fair enough. I, I just want to know: Am I supposed to like this movie? You well, supposed you're to feel not how you supposed feel. Supposed to anything? The the point exactly. is, let's just get it out on the front. It is unquestionably a bad movie. Now, fact: If you choose to find the joy in the movie, there's nothing Which wrong I do. with that. As long <laughs> as you know that you're not enjoying a good movie, you're enjoying a bad movie. And I love bad movies. I hated this movie. Oh, oh man, I mean, was this the first time you saw it? All. Yeah, well, so I thought, two things I thought. One, I thought I saw this movie. And two, I thought the song was good. Mm. Song, not not good. And movie, <laughs> whoa, not good. <laughs> no, no, what, about, what about the intro to the song on the album? Do you remember that? No. When he asks his son what he should play next. And his son wants to hear Wild Wild West. And he goes, oh, he's like, really? Oh. He's like, I got other songs, though. I got The Rain. I got, uh. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, it's, it's, oh, it is Al. Al is right. Like, it's, it's, a, it's a bad movie. Definitely. I enjoy it way too much. There's also, there's a tremendous nostalgic draw for me. See, that... I guess like this was around the time men in black and like, I liked men in black. I haven't seen men in black in a while. I feel like that's a good movie. Men in black two. I remember thinking it was all right. I refuse to ever watch men in black three for personal reasons, but that's, that's neither here nor there. Okay. <laughs> I, I should have stuck to my guns and also refused to watch men in black three. Cause for a long time I did. And then I finally, I think it was just <laughs> on TV and I was like, all right, like I'll just watch it. I my my life was not enriched for having spent the two hours or whatever. On I will it. never. Oh my god! It. I don't. I, I don't think I mind that. I, it, again, not good. But not, none of the Men in Black movies are. Well, maybe the first one. They're not good. They're 
They're... I feel like the first one was good. I don't know if it holds up, but it was good. Not great. It was good. It, I mean, granted, we quoted a lot, <laughs> but it's it's not. Do we? <laughs> we don't. Sugar. <laughs> I was gonna say sugar and water. water. <laughs> I know for a fact that you do. <laughs> yeah, but like, is there anything else? Oh, her over here. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, but we don't quote Will Smith. We quote no, Vincent that's true. D'Onofrio. Doesn't that's matter. True. Quote in the movie. Uh, um, but yes, I, nope. I really truly feel and like if this isn't your cup of tea, that's fine. Uh, I I. I mean, I remember this movie from being a kid and watching it, but I don't actually feel, at least I don't think I'm feeling a nostalgic draw to this. It doesn't put me in my childhood. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So I think that it's a funny movie. It's so bad. There are so much bad in this. And while I really So much bad. Yeah. um, In so (laughs) many different ways. And while I enjoy, or I, I used to enjoy like the verbal sparring between um west and um loveless and now i'm like cringing through the whole thing there's a couple of shots that i still grant that i have to laugh at um most of them i'm like ah did you have to do that any of that but there are other things in this movie that aren't those things that are still funny even Mm. in a oh god why did they do that type of funny sure yeah, sure. So uh, a couple, couple of quick trivia notes on this guy that I pulled out of the uh, this is my new favorite thing is for these episodes. I've been going through the trivia section of IMDb and there's some gold in there. Uh, so first things first, movie costs one hundred and seventy million dollars to make. <laughs> and a large chunk of that money was due to costly reshoots due to confusion as to whether or not it's supposed to be funny. <laughs> <laughs> Which I just think is just <laughs> exactly. What's I mean, going it is here. a funny movie. Sure. Now, now I want to see the rough cut. <laughs> I really didn't laugh much. No, I found myself cracking up the way through, knowing full well that it, it, the jokes were bad. Like it's not. Again, none of us are saying this is a good movie. <laughs> no, no. I also feel like the nostalgia trip would have hit me harder if Will Smith has aged. He looks the same, so it doesn't feel like it was over twenty years ago. <laughs> So, like, the nostalgia factor's not there because I feel like I'm still just looking at normal Will Smith. But norm- normal Will Smith? <laughs> yeah, he oh, looks God. exactly the same. Another fun piece of trivia. You ready for this one? Will yeah. Smith turned down the lead role in The Matrix for this as he was a big fan of the TV series. Did not know this was the thing. And then when I searched it afterwards, there's this whole alternate universe where he's in this movie that people have like made deep fakes of the Matrix with I him in aware, it. <laughs> I was aware that he chose to take this over that one. I, I, I like went further into it and found quotes. Like one of them was like paraphrasing along the lines of like, biggest mistake of my movie career. <laughs> I wasn't aware this was why he wasn't in the Matrix, but I just remember hearing he was in talks for the Matrix. Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And uh, Al, I believe you mentioned this on a previous episode, which is the reason this ended up on the list. You were br- you had brought up the spider, the the mechanical spider, mm-hmm. and uh, and where that like there was a oh, there's a interesting story behind that design. <laughs> Do you remember this at all? No, but also you have to remember that some of our recent episodes, I haven't been all the way there. 
that's, that's <laughs> at least very by the true. end of the episode. <laughs> uh, so the producer, I believe his name is John Peters, like had wanted to have this giant spider in the never made Superman movie with Tim Burton and Nicolas Cage. And he ended up producing this and got the spider worked into this instead. <laughs> By yes, hell or high water, he was going to have a giant spider. <laughs> I, I forgot what the thing that he wanted it to be in was. But yes, now that you say it, I do remember that. Yes, he was dead set on there being the spider in something. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then not I wasn't familiar with this um, upon my initial watching of the movie. I definitely came to know it over the years. But this is there's the source material is a TV series called Wild Wild West and that aired from 65 through 69. I, I am very interested in watching that to see how we made the leap from that to this. Can you imagine I, how bad the CGI on the spider was then? <laughs> it's just it's a real spider and it's the camera just really close. <laughs> But those are those are your quick facts, um, Brian. I feel like you got a lot, you have a lot of thoughts. I want you to. I want to. I want a classic Brian tirade. <laughs> I, I don't really have it because it wasn't a passion. Oh no, you're just broken. I you know I didn't love it. it like I love that. Like one movie I always bring up just as a point of reference is the movie Zombievers because it's just so bad and I love it. It's just a weird movie about zombie beavers that kill people. Sure. Um, like, I love those bad movies. <laughs> and then this, when it opened up with that intro song, and it wasn't the Wild Wild West intro. It was no. like some weird intro. And it's like, are they trying to make it like it's a real Western? Well, I and think then, that was like the theme to the show. Yeah, that oh, okay. That orchestrated. I actually, I really, when that orchestrated intro kicked in, I was like, all of a sudden, like the next scene snapped back into my and I was like I was remembering the movie unfold just before it happened. This happened to us recently when we when we rewatched something else, but it's just like, oh like I like remember this movie way too vividly. <laughs> like as it was I was like, I know like knowing what's happening next, knowing what jokes are coming next. And then oh, remembering was it the like, Rocketeer? Yes, yes. It was the same thing. It was a musical cue. It starts off with the music and I was just like, oh right. And then I could just like play the rest of the movie out. <laughs> but no, I, I actually, I actually really enjoyed the score. That was one piece of yeah. I, I was actually hopeful after going into that because I like westerns and I like Will Smith, but and then it just turned into this garbage fire. And I <laughs> felt like this this whole movie, like you say, it was insensitive. Mm. I feel like this is the thing where, like, you make a joke and say, "No, no, it's okay. I got friends that are this." Like, yeah, because yeah. Will Smith was the star. <laughs> <laughs> So like that's yeah. what the whole movie was. Yeah, it does. It does feel like that at times. Yeah, that's well. Fair. It's really, it's really just in the scenes when, like I said, when the the two of them are going at each other. When him and Loveless, you know, says something about people being in short supply, and then he says, you know, being a slave to my whatever. And I'm like, come on. Yeah, <laughs> not, um, not even just with the two of them. When he was like, my native land was like Africa. Oh, Georgia. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> See, actually, I actually feel like that's kind of fair game because that's totally a conversation that would happen in the South back then. <laughs> you know what fair. I mean? Yeah, it, yeah it, and, but and, it's all, there's a lot of it though. I guess guess is where you're. Yeah, like they refer to him as like the Dark Stranger. Like it, it's just like oh, uh, we get it. Like yep, yeah. But see, like it. that feels more like 
like a cheap just hey we're doing a racism now you know what i mean like it would- <laughs> i felt like like the movie couldn't go 10 minutes without some kind of racism sure and yeah although again, I, I, I like like i i like like racial humor about things like if, like i like finding the fun in everything but it's just when it's too much it's too much no it this one definitely really does too much you're right 100% and, um i will tell you what pissed me off the most about this movie and it was not the acting, it was not the racism, it was not even the story. It was the fact that that bitch with binoculars can read people's lips when they're not even looking at her. Uh, I believe you were referring Miss, to Miss Lippin 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 Reaper? <laughs> 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 Oh man. So that we was... had talked about that we had talked about that recently, Brian, because I had heard like like several weeks ago, the one of the the podcasts I listened to, um, it's on Count the Dings. It's um, Cinephobe. Uh, they pick. It has to be a movie that's a commercial release, Rotten Tomatoes rating under fifty percent, and it's supposed to be movies that are bad that you enjoy watching, or at least one of them has to have enjoyed watching it. Usually, sometimes it's just they pick a horrendous movie and watch it for the first time, and. It's like when Brian and I watched The Pest and Dirty Work. (laughs) The Pest. All right, but see, I gave you Dirty Work. You gave me The Pest. Dirty Work's actually good. (sighs) No, The Pest is funny. I just, that scene on the boat, I can't watch. Mm. It's been a long, long time, too. And I I just, I don't want to watch that scene at all. Um, (laughs) The, but the, what (laughs) I had forgotten until I was listening to that episode of, of Cinephobe was, it's been so long since I've watched more than like, because this is the type of movie where it's like, oh, it's like on TV on like, I don't know, Comedy Central on like a Saturday at noon or something like that. Like, I'll watch 20 minutes of the movie or whatever. I remember, I'll always remember Munitia um, for sure. whatever reason. And I, I think Miss, Miss, Miss East as well. <laughs> yep. Oh, I have them all written down here. So, <laughs> well, now, I, you know, there's Miss Lippin Reader and there's, sure. you know, I, I didn't realize. There was Amazonia. Diff- What's that? Amazonia. Amazonia. Yeah, I forgot that there was like five of them, and all of their names were just like a trait of who they were. And I was like, I didn't ever make that connection a hundred percent until listening to the show. Because then the whole thing was that after all of that, when Will Smith is in drag and he's doing the like belly dancing thing, he goes, "I'm gonna call you Ebonia." <laughs> <laughs> I, was like, I was like, come on, man. No. I was like, don't do that. It's like this scene in uh, Forgetting Sarah Marshall where where Bill Hader's on the phone and yes, it's yeah. down by No God no What are you doing? Are you doing? <laughs> Did you enjoy that? Did you enjoy that? <laughs> Oh man. Oh god, They're those names. Miss Lippin Reader is the best though. Oh my god. Best. They weren't even looking at her. Um, I had an issue with the opening scene. Were they swimming in the drinking water? Is that I, is that what was? <laughs> they sure were. Nice, mm-hmm. nice. Naked. Uh, and then <laughs> nice. And then uh, when he's doing the distracted kissing, where he's f- kissing her, but then she stops and he's still doing it. That was very that was- fresh prints, like classic Will Smith. And that was uh, pretty funny. I appreciated that. And then it, it dawned yeah. on me. I'm sure you guys, do you remember this time, like around those times watching Will Smith and just thinking like, God, he is just the fucking coolest. <laughs> I always loved him when I was younger. Yeah. Yeah. Who didn't? Yeah. 
And I feel like that's why I feel like I liked this movie at some point, even though I don't think I ever saw it after now actually watching it. But because I thought Will Smith was so cool, I felt like this was a great movie. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Nah. Well, that um, the marketing was like based on. <laughs> well, yeah, that's true. That is true. Uh, then there's like all the names of like you know we mentioned the names of the of the women that were like based off of one of their single traits. There's also like a lot of other ridiculous things in the background of this movie like there's things that are very much in your face that are wrong <laughs> and then there's things that are in the background that are wrong uh it started off with uh the, just the, the name of the saloon was fat can candies uh it was just dumb and uh oh, but yeah that's right i forgot when we're going through they're going from room to room and like oh, like there's all these like things happening in the rooms that like are hush hush like there's like a guy that's clearly been gagged and like thrown in the trunk and right and then in one room where we don't go in you just hear like a oh and then a goat making a noise and i was like oh oh we're doing that joke now (laughs) (laughs) and the goat makes another noise later when he breaks through the wall but uh uh, there's a there's a lot of a lot of weird shit in there um i i thought that i could never look at that guy the same way after um, Silence of the Lambs. Turns out it's, I can't look at him the same way after this movie. <laughs> uh, what is his name? Which, which uh, Buffalo Bill. Uh, <laughs> well, he was Buffalo Bill in Silence of the Lambs. He was uh, Bloodbath McGrath. Bloodbath McGrath. That's the one. What a name. With that ear. Oh, God. Every that Also remembered so that gross. there's a scene, the, the scene that always makes me gag when he when he turns the ear thing and the wax comes out. Um, even while I was like watching this, I went, hop, hop. <laughs> it's, it's, it's absolutely disgusting. Very yeah. unsettling. Um, yeah. uh, on a good, a good note about the movie for, I mean, unless this guy had no legs and I didn't know that the CGI for 1999, like that looked pretty good. The no legs. That, fun, yeah. fact, fun fact. Most of that was practical. He was crouched in a thing. Yep. Oh, huh. they, they had, they had to right. do, they would do long. <laughs> they, what's that? Is it no CGI? All right, I'll just yeah. No, no, there was a, a there was scenes, but the majority of it was practice. His legs going think, numb in a box. Yeah, I think like they were like yeah, he was like crouched in a box, and like they made it might have made use of like a green screen to cover the box. But either way, it looked really good, mm. and then um, in the end, when like he's like on the spider, it just reminded me of I think it was Men in Black Two. When he fights the guy and he's got all like the mini guys flying at him just as heads. Like that's yep. what it looked like yep, to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, things that I couldn't get over. Uh, still, I still w- watched the entire movie with this information. Still refused to believe that that was Kenneth Branagh. Yeah, what's his fascination with weird mustaches? I <laughs> I don't know, but uh, he, uh, he he there was like an interview clip that I saw with him saying that that was the worst accent he ever did, and that's just like good for you. Uh- <laughs> well, this was another thing where it's what like, else is he in? Oh, so this is well, he's he recently he's Hercule Poirot in Murder on the Orient Express. But what was funny, and again, I'll reference Cinephobe, but they mentioned it, and I was like, it's a there are two facts that I knew in my head, and I never associated them together. Before this, before, like, was it three, four, five years later when he was in Harry Potter, he was a classically trained British, British actor who acted in a, much, a bunch of Shakespearean plays, both on stage 
and in movies. He was Hamlet <laughs> in a version of Hamlet in the movies. He did a ton of Shakespeare movies in addition to his stage work. And then his first entrance into mainstream American theater is Arliss Loveless. Like, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, boy. Yeah. Uh, he's, he, I mean, he plays this very campy villain really well. Yeah. Well, if, it's something, going did, for that. Did Was that something we talked about recently where, like, British actors who are actually good actors, which obviously he is one, mm-hmm. um, where when they're in something this ridiculous, they turn it to like, they turn their dial to like 11. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, he turns it to a 15 it. when he yells, Remember the Alamo. It's. <laughs> 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 they turn it up to 11 because they have no respect for it. It's just like, I'm going to go fully over the top. And it ends up being really fun and entertaining, but it's not good. Like, you see the good flash through at moments, but there's a lot of really bad because they're so far over the top. Mm-hmm. Going thinking back on it, I couldn't remember like before rewatching it. I didn't remember what the actual thing was that he wanted. I just remember bad man in giant spider do bad things. That's I, which is still basically how you know how this yeah, he, plays he wanted out. To dissolve the union, he wanted turn- he was he wanted the government. He was a terrorist that was trying to take the government. <laughs> well, kind of because he was also just going to sell off portions back to like Britain and France and yeah. Spain. And he and wanted Loveless land. land, which, like, <laughs> was mostly Montana, I guess? I don't know. It was, it was like the whole Northwest. It, yeah, it was like so Washington. Montana. It was like Washington. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was like Washington, Oregon, Ohio, uh, Ohio, Idaho, Montana, Wyoming, Colorado, which, like, no offense if you're in most of those states, but is, is there a ton of value to Montana and Idaho? And like, now potatoes. we get... The emails. <laughs> and that's all it took. That's how and it started with I Brian. And that's. <laughs> Do you remember that? We would just get random, like. Rob from Detroit. He hated you. He hated you. Oh, that was a guy who used to like, email you guys, like, like, weekly or something? Weekly, yeah. <laughs> Our only listener. Email him back. Get him to listen <laughs> to the <this> show. <laughs> so, all right. So now we got into. Um, there's a scene that is like, again, it actually really cracked me up this time, knew it was coming, was ready to laugh because for whatever reason, it, I always found it so funny. And it's, it is definitely that 90s Will Smith humor. But when, the, uh, when they have the guy's head on that little projector thing, <laughs> that man. is a man's head. <laughs> always gets me. See, it's funny because he it got says me. It. It got me the first like two times, but not the next twelve times. Mm-hmm. But the I was final one—that's one of those jokes that's funny, and then it stops being funny. But they go so hard, it gets funny again. Mm-hmm. I would also like to point out the the, the brilliance of the image is upside down. Ah, and then he <laughs> rotates the head to flip it upside down. It's still blurry though, and then he puts the glasses on him. I was like, this is just out of hand. <laughs> That is a man's head. <laughs> yeah, I definitely laughed. Then I'm like, all right, enough. And then it just, it got funny again. Yeah. Yeah. There's a, and then we, we got a scene where Artemis and uh, who, uh, he's also, that guy, uh, what's his name? Klein. Kevin, he's Kevin Klein. Kevin Klein. He cracks me up. Uh, I don't know. He's in things that I've seen him in the past, but I 
he's funny in this. They they actually play. They, they have decent chemistry as far as like the comedic timing goes. It's just that the writing is horrendous. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but they uh, when he's like, we're gonna go in. We're gonna need some disguises. Uh, what is it? Now you go as a riverboat captain, and I'll go as a saloon girl. <laughs> like, those are the first two things that pop into his mind. The like the the so so ridiculous. But that leads us to um, the the whole thing with the fake breasts. And yes. here's here is one of the uh, the the very uh, the very important questions that I have to ask as far as movies go. How many times can you say boobies in a movie before it's too many times? I think the answer is zero. If you say it more than zero times, it's too many. Challenge. <laughs> what do you got? Role models. Okay. All right. All right. So, okay. Was, is there an age threshold? I think it might be the age threshold. Uh, okay. All right. That's what, that's what I was when, missing. Because it's worth a chuckle when the little kid says, they look like boobies. And I like boobies. <laughs> that's, that's very, very true. It's, it's worth a chuckle right now. Uh, but every time they said it, it was not. What was funny, <laughs> though, was the out-of-context conductor hearing the conversation. Yes. Grab my boob. Grab it. <laughs> it's like It feels like a bag of sand. Now grab mine. And he turns around slowly after walking away from the conversation. Very dumb. Also, um, also I that like I keep seeing that conductor. What's up? You um, you can't stand him. I keep seeing that. I keep seeing him. Oh, because around Christmas time, we watch Christmas with the Cranks. God knows how many times Kristen loves that movie. He's a neighbor. Then we watch Knives Out, and he's in there. And Wild Wild West, he's there. I feel like I just keep seeing him. Wait, he was in Knives Out. Yeah. Oh so, yeah, was he was the security guard, right? I can't remember who he was, but he was there. Yeah. Like, oh, it's that guy again. I don't Working. remember. I, I think I assumed he was dead because he was already very old in that movie twenty years ago. No, he's alive and still doing things. I think he, he yeah, he was in the booth where they where the recordings were, where the tape is. That uh, oh, I forgot. They have to scramble. Um. Oh no, that's sorry. Jumping too far ahead. Jumping way too far ahead. Uh, McGrath's men. The scene where they where the tank comes out, which they know to call a tank, so we're just gonna we're just gonna leave that. <laughs> yeah, that was. Weird. <laughs> but what I love about it is, at the very end of that scene, after it's all said and done, and they pan out, you you see that the tank's on a bullseye, and it's rotating around a bullseye, and it's killing all of these men. It's like the bullseye is cut into the grass. What's really funny is. That would have been like a silly thing to add in after the fact, but the bullseye is clearly there beforehand. And when they do it, it's like <laughs> it, it just looks like a like a poorly cut lawn or like a very lazy production design team <laughs> up until that moment. Very dumb. Uh, then we, we we start to go into this weird dark dark backstory with uh, James West and his family being killed. That was uh, one yeah. of that was one of those first scenes where it wasn't funny yet. Uh huh. Yeah, that's that's <laughs> that's what I'm wondering. I was like, is that thinking back to like, oh, they had these reshoots, they had to inject some humor. Was the entire movie that dark movie? And if so, is this just Phantom Thread? Like how how like is like a really bad movie? You know what I mean? Uh, <laughs> I was like going going back to what we were talking about before with like alternate universes. Is there an alternate universe where Wild Wild West was the first ever dark gritty reboot of a TV show? Oh man, where would we be now if that were the case? Yeah, I was right. It was a decent point. <laughs> it is. <laughs> You should have just froze again and pretended he broke you. Oh no! 
so I feel like we get I, we start to get into um, I think at this point in the movie I just started writing down things that were so bad that normally would bother me but now they just made me laugh at this point in the movie I started to doze off well, that's fair that's fair uh, <laughs> I there's fell so, like 15 minutes in the middle of the movie <laughs> if you recall the perfectly accurate by the laws of physics scene where they're running through the cornfield and the blades are spinning <laughs> and flying after them yeah and having having no friction and loss exactly exactly and then when they jump when they jump and they fall and the blades hit each other there is a massive fire explosion <laughs> yeah i even back from when I was like nine or ten years old watching this movie, I was always confused by that. <laughs> that doesn't make sense. <laughs> no. Well, that whole scene doesn't make sense. Sure. sure. Yeah, but of all the things that didn't make sense in that scene, that was the one that made the least sense. <laughs> uh, Fair. So, and then the other thing that really, another another one that, again, these things, like, for whatever reason, these are the particular ones that bothered me in the moment. Like, I don't know why, of all the nonsense, these were the things that, like, I, that really stood out to me. There's a scene where the spider rises up, right? It, like, it rises up, and Jim and Artemis are standing on the cliff, and they are face-to-face with Loveless and the gang as the spider's rising up, but he doesn't see them. Yes, I... <laughs> Well, yeah, because they were CGI. Right. Right, 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 right. How could I forget? I mean, also, they break the spider, but then ride the spider back to town. Correct. Well, obviously, they fixed it. What is plot? (laughs) And, you know, who cares that it was hanging 85% off the cliff? All right. Now I have a serious question for you, Al. That Star Wars Stormtrooper scream... Or the Will Smith scream. <laughs> he has a lot of them in this movie. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, that, honestly, has always been my least favorite move of Will Smith's. Mm, the scream? Yeah, it, it's just too much. Mm, that, that's fair. It, was, it, it played out pretty good on the spider a couple of times uh, in the situation. It was very funny. But yeah, it, it, is, it is usually done a little bit too much. My second least favorite Will Smith movie is... Oh hell no! Oh yeah, yeah, we get a lot of that. That's that's that is true. Um, what I re- you know what I really don't like? Uh, this is very nineties, very nineties. Uh, bl- I think it bled into the early two thousands. Uh, lines like "Let's stop all forward motion of the movie, pull the character front and center in the frame, and say something like "That's it, no more Mister Knife Guy." <laughs> <laughs> When thing, these scenes happen, it just hurts me <laughs> physically. That's I feel a ill. line out of an action movie at least ten years earlier. Like nineteen ninety nine is at least ten years too late for that line. Well, and then I, it was funny. I was actually I was rewatching the original Jumanji the other day, and there's a scene nice. where uh, Christian Dunst takes the 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 scanner when they're in the store, and she scans Van Pelton's eyes, and he goes, Bleh! and the. <laughs> And it, then it cuts to the little screen on the cash register, and it says no sale. That's like completely unnecessary. It just doesn't even need to be there. Let's recoup those 10 seconds of film. We don't need it. <laughs> but we do it, and we're going to continue to do it for an entire that, decade. That, I love how that movie is old enough that, like, the line, we don't need to use that film, like, it actually means something. <laughs> like, let's not tangibly waste 
the film right. that was spent on the frames that were shot of that. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, Could you say that about this entire movie? <laughs> no, no, just disagree. I've gotten way too much enjoyment out of watching this movie over the years. Again, oh. laughing at it, not with it. Mm, mm. Um, a couple, a lot of the, the the rest of these notes have to do with this finale, this like this fight on the spider. But uh, the physics Wait, of getting punched. None, none of those notes were about shoot me in my heart, which loves this country so dearly. <laughs> Shoot, shoot him in the head. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. I'm wearing an impermeable. <laughs> Sewing a sweater. I'm knitting an impermeable. He's not. Is, is that what this needlepoint? This is not oh, needlepoint. Needle that's that's needlepoint. <laughs> uh, okay. So uh, while we're in that in that final fight sequence on the giant spider, we learn a couple of things. Uh, physics of a punch, so, as depicted by is, Will is Smith, irrelevant. What's irrelevant. <laughs> physics is irrelevant. Yeah, absolutely. There's a point where he punches a man. What is he? Does he punch him or he kicks? I think he kicks a guy in the butt. No, he gets punched like in the butt or something. But he he basically flies up through the air from the force of it, and like I don't know, twenty feet forward. It's it's it, it, and like it's very jarring because they have actually had fight sequences in the movie already where a punch landed as a punch. <laughs> so I don't know where this is coming from. There was movies that. do a lot of movies do that, and that bothers me. And then another, I don't remember if this happened Wild Wild West, but I hate absolutely hate when like someone is hanging off something and then a person holds them with like one arm like it's no oh, yeah. big deal yeah. just holding them yeah um remember like, when i had cartilage like it's ridiculous <laughs> like uh the one that just comes that. to mind uh 22 jump street <laughs> when jonah hill is hanging from the helicopter with one hand and holding channing tatum yeah all 200 and something pounds of him with his like all right sure it, well that's a comedy and that's intentionally uh, like too much. Remember, some of the scenes well, in Wild Wild West are too. So, <laughs> so, and this 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 one really killed me so much so that I rewound it just to watch it again, just to make sure that I wasn't exaggerating. It's got to be there's got to be a thirty second gap in here, but uh, Artemis is stuck. His wheelchair is stuck between two poles, and Will Smith says something to him. Uh, along the lines of something something along the no more Mr. Knife guy type of thing, right? He just says something shitty to him. And he goes, Art, Art, uh, no, Loveless says, well, you're obviously not a poker player, Mr. West. And then like 45 seconds pass as he is turning his body into this other spider-like contraption. And then there's enough time passes that I forgot what he said. And then he goes, four of a kind always beats a pair. And I was like, <laughs> What? <laughs> oh, we're still on that joke. Yeah. That was a pretty horrible line and delivery. <laughs> it, it was so long. Yeah, that was that was very Family Guy. That was like when he's what what, what is that when he's do where he's breathing through, saying the rest of his sentence. It's, oh, it's 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 it's, <laughs> it's when they're making fun of um, Empire when uh, they're on Hoth and uh, yeah. he slices open the tauntaun yes. and he goes. I thought they smelled bad. <sighs> <sighs> On the outside. <laughs> That's exactly what it was. Oh my god, it was too much. That hurts. Uh, 
didn't realize until this viewing of the movie that Kevin Klein plays the president both when he's pretending to be the president and the president in the movie. Oh, really? Yeah, it's just him. He's he's credited as Artemis yeah, Gordon, President you why Grant. He's credited as both. <laughs> yeah, that, I, yeah. I I knew. I was surprised that you just like figured. Or, I did like, not know that until right now. Yeah, well, like, I mean, this is my first viewing where I was really paying attention to these types of details, I guess. You know how you tell the difference? Because there's Artemis. It's Artemis pretending to be the president. And then there's mm. the president whose voice doesn't sound like Artemis pretending to be the president. Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah, I see, I see where the complications arise. What? See, I see how I was hoodwinked. Yeah, exactly. Uh, also, the fat suit that he wears. Right, right. But he stabs Which- with a knife. <laughs> I was like, we should break the fourth wall on when he, when he stamps the fancy on himself. Oh, God. I, there are two final notes that I have, and they both are related to the credits, not even the movie. <laughs> so <laughs> the first one is things that I forgot about uh, in the Wild Wild West song. Uh, other than being able to recite maybe half Most of the of song, I... I forgot entirely the part where he calls on Cisco, and Wait, he starts. In that song? Oh yeah, he's in it big time, <laughs> and it's tremendous. <laughs> Love every second of it. Uh, the only thing that's better than re realizing that Cisco is in the Wild Wild West song is that in the credits it is followed up by Bailamos. Lamos. <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> I was not aware of that phenomenon. Um, but uh, I, yeah, I went through the whole credits and I was just like, let's just see where this goes. And the, that's the next song. The funny thing about the funny thing about Cisco is, you know, most of the time, if someone mentions that name, people think of the thong song. I think of sure. it over it. Um, mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, and also he sang that song. But I always think of him and get over it. <laughs> Absolutely. I have to be a, I have to be a part of like a very 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 small minority of people whose first point of reference for Cisco is <laughs> that obscure what year 2001 high school comedy. <laughs> mhm. Mhm. That was a treat when we watched that one. It was. It's a, it was a That is a, a hidden gem. Yeah, absolutely. Is is it though? Oh yeah. Yes, absolutely. It was actually on like HBO the other day. I like put it on for like 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. I saw it like pop up on like an on demand recently while I was flicking through some stuff. But uh, do you guys have any other notes on Wild Wild West? Um, Brian's got thoughts. N- no, I don't. I- oh, I have thoughts. Well, go ahead. Flush the rest of it out. Flush the toxins out. My thoughts are not about Wild Wild West. I huh. was just thinking after we were talking about bad movies and how you and I. But you thought the pest was great. I thought dirty work was great. Sure. I feel like we need to do episodes with those. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I can I sing the entire I... song from the beginning of the pest. I was saying, I don't know if I have it within me to watch the pest all the way through in our oh. episode. Oh. How dare you? Dirty work. I don't even know what that is. <gasps> <laughs> At least not by name. Uh, Norm Macdonald and oh god, fat drunk comedian. What the hell is his name? Artie Lang. Lang? Yeah. <laughs> Wait. <laughs> Wait. Uh, did you just throw out Artie Lang because it said fat drunk comedian? Yes. All right. Well, also, with like, if you want to add like the third part of that in, like, if there was someone who I had to guess was going to be in a 
uh, Norm Macdonald headed movie, it would be Artie Lang. There, okay. There's with that movie. I don't. I didn't dislike it. It was fine. Uh, there is one scene though that will randomly pop into my head and make me chuckle just because it pops into my head of him standing there with the two fish. <laughs> <laughs> it just. Oh, I don't even want to say what happened. Yeah. So I'll watch it. You gotta watch it. You know, we'll watch it. I'll, I'll rewatch that. I'll, I'll happily rewatch the, that. The the premise of this movie is like Norm Macdonald was always picked on, but he was good at getting revenge. So, as an adult, he opens a revenge for hire business. Oh. <laughs> okay. It's, it's fun. It's fun. We could do that one together. Maybe we could do a double feature episode yeah. that is both of those movies. Mm-hmm. Um, in, in, in no other world are they in the, like <laughs> merged but ours, but we'll make that a thing. <laughs> we're, we're getting into some weird ones. We're going to be getting into some weird ones on this show with no new releases. Like It used mm-hmm. to be like Oh, new release, new release, new release. Something from not that long ago, new release. Okay, like we picked a random movie from a while back. Now it's just we're going fully down the rabbit hole. Like oh, if yeah. you look back at the last several episodes we did, it is as eclectic a mix of things we've ever done. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. What do we what do you think? We doing are we doing end of days next? Is that what's happening next? Ooh. The Schwarzenegger movie? Yeah. Correct. Yeah. I think that's what's next. Doesn't he have like a... Uh, I don't think Al's seen it. I am familiar with the general idea of the movie. I know that the devil is involved. Got it. I need to rewatch it, but something I'm trying to remember... Yep, never mind. I got there. <laughs> I'm just going to fact check myself real quick. Amazing. No. Uh, his name in the movie I thought was... Oh, was what, good what's his him. name? Jericho. Right. Right. Oh, oh God. It's going to be fun. <laughs> So is that is that next week? That yeah, is next week. So I might be back next week. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Tremendous. Well, that's all for this week's episode of Flicks in the Six. We hope you enjoyed it. As always, if you have a movie for us to review or nuggets for us to discuss, you can send those requests to Flicks in the Six at thespintune.com or tweet us at thespintune. Tune in next week for more movie and beer goodness. Until then, I'm Anthony Costanzo. I'm Al Bielsi. Oh, yeah, me. I'm Brian. <laughs> Thanks for <laughs> coming out. <laughs>